Welcome back to Southern Hostility. I'm Steven. And I'm Nicholas. It is January 18th when we're recording. About almost 9 p.m. on the East Coast. This is technically episode number five, if you want to include the emergency podcast, but the fourth real full podcast. How are you doing tonight, Nick? Not too bad. How are you doing, Steven? Doing pretty good. Um, So... Football, football, football. Still a lot of college news, a lot of NFL news. So tonight we hope to once again cover some college. We like to start there, get into some NFL from there, and then if we get time at the end, we'll cover some other sports. Um, So, man, you must really be enjoying the Alabama tears because it looks like two starters on Alabama's team last year have entered the transfer portal. Um Freshman Caleb Downs was a safety, one of the best players on Alabama's defense, former five-star recruit, has entered the portal. Um, it is. It looks like it's either going to go to Ohio State or Georgia. Um, so that's a big one. Um, I'm guessing you're hoping for him in Georgia. And then another one is Proctor. Looks like an offensive lineman, also a starter on Alabama's team last year, has also entered the portal. He's from Iowa. So some people think he'll go back to Iowa. I don't know why you would leave Alabama to go to Iowa, whose offense has been terrible, but hey, he's a hometown kid. So some big news there. And then finally, Alabama has just gotten their first transfer in. Um, his name is Austin Mack. He's a quarterback. Um, he was with Washington last year. He was a he was the number 73 overall prospect in the 2023 recruiting cycle. So uh, he's a six foot, six inch, two hundred and twenty six pounder quarterback. So we'll see. Maybe he competes with Jalen Milrow. Maybe he sits on the bench. Um, as of right now, Sayin, the five star prospect, has not entered the portal or anything. So we have one hell of a QB battle down in Tuscaloosa with a five star recruit coming in. This guy Mac and Jalen Milrow. So the quarterback room is pretty full, but it looks like the rest of the team is kind of empty. Yeah, you, that's I. I think Jalen Milrose really needed that quarterback contest. Just kind of looking at his season, um, this past year, uh, it seemed like he kind of suffered from that and, um, really wasn't competitive in that Texas game. Um, I mean, that Michigan, was that was sorry. that was so early the Texas game, which, yeah. and then he really he did develop and. You know, and then he created his own clothing label. I, I, I do. I was really critical of Milrow under Saban. Now with DeBoer, he has said he's going to stay. He's he's shown to be incredibly loyal. Um, honestly, you know, when you start going through tough times, you start looking who's loyal. And you know, I honestly wish him the best, and I hope that he actually can under DeBoer really achieve success he couldn't under um, Saban and Tommy Reese. I really hope. Uh, he's still a Heisman candidate. I hope I wish him the best, and I hope he does well. Um, you gotta well, get. DeBoer made Penix look good. Well, I guess we'll find out if it was DeBoer or if it was Penix, really, because Penix will get drafted, and we'll see his results under a different coach. And DeBoer will have Jalen Milrose to kind of show off in this upcoming season. But honestly, it's that's all small beans to me because George is absolutely gonna roll over everybody. Well, I mean, if you look at like who's going to be good next year, right? I mean, obviously at the it was like Alabama, Georgia. I mean, it was 
that was the go. But now it's like with everyone being gone, it looks like Georgia kind of has, you know, the power, you know, they have seized the power vacuum, you would assume. You know, they bring in Alabama's defensive backs coach. Looks like they're going to get Caleb Downs. Um, and you start thinking like about the rest of the SEC, you think you're going to think Georgia's going to go into Tuscaloosa and absolutely kill them. Um, you got to think that Georgia's probably going to be the best team next year. They have the best recruiting classes. They still have the best players. Um, your quarterback's coming back. It looks like almost everyone's coming back. You're going to yep. have the running back from Florida this year. who was really good. Um, you're having what his name's Travis Entian's brother there. Um, so it looks like your team's going to be good. So it looks like you should dominate the SEC. But you got we got Texas coming to the SEC now. Texas, they got Isaiah Bond. They're getting these recruits. They got the money. Texas is here to stay, man, and they're back. Texas is all back. Quinieras came back. I think Arch Manning's going to stay. I don't think he's going to hit the portal. So you got him waiting in the wing, uh, you know, in the wings in the background. So I mean, Texas is deep as well. Um, also in the SEC, you still got LSU. They're still there. Ole Miss is still there. Lane Kiffin is still sitting there. Um, you know, Missouri had a good year last year. You got a really strong, I think, SEC next year. I think it's wide open. But Georgia, by far, I do agree with you. Um, and then also, like, if you look over to the Big Ten, your Ohio State Buckeyes, man, I, they're they're getting recruits. You know, yeah. Um, the you know the great state of Ohio. I mean, they're getting recruits. Eventually, they're going to get past Michigan. You got to think they're a title contender as well. And I mean, if I had to guess, I'm going to say it's going to be between Texas, Ohio State, and Georgia for the next three to five years. I mean, they got it going. Um, so and we'll definitely. Yeah, see. You know, I'll say that that with college football, it's always better when there is more than one team that that could possibly win a national championship. I mean, Georgia are like the betting favorites right now and everything, but if you look at all of college football, I mean. Alabama is not dominating anymore, right? You're not wondering who's going to go to the national championship and ultimately lose to Alabama. It's who's going to go to the national championship and win. So I think that kind of changes the narrative of college football. And, and when it's more competitive and there are more teams involved, it's, it's better in the end of the day, at the end of the day. It, it is. I, I, it is, it is more fun. You're getting more people, um, it's been it's been a better product. It really has. I mean, Alabama for the longest time, you know, had everyone at their, you know, he had, you know, Nick Saban had his foot on everyone's throat for the longest time. I mean, if you look at our lifetime for the last 17 years, like I said, I was 11, you were 10, you know, when Saban took over at Alabama. We really don't know a world without him. And with the transfer portal and the way college has gone, there's been a lot more parity. A lot of different teams are winning. They've been good. It's getting more fans are coming back because we all are going to agree. If you have the same team winning every year, it gets boring. Yeah, like, absolutely. As of right now, Georgia isn't hated that much. If they win two more, they're going to be right where Alabama has been. They're not going to be liked. And when you keep right. winning, you know, you want to see the under most people want to see an underdog win and you want to see different people win every year. And it looks like we're going to get that. It looks like, you know, college football looks like it's back. Um, and you gotta love it. You gotta absolutely love it. And it's gonna be fun. And I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm excited. Um Yeah, I think I saw a crazy stat or some graphic that said since two thousand and one, something like that. 
it was a 50% chance that either Bill Belichick or Nick Saban were going to win their respective championship games. That's that's crazy to me. I also saw a map, and it had a circle around it. And in the circle, it had, like, the state of Alabama. So, like, Auburn, Alabama. It had, it had like, Baton Rouge. It had Athens and had, like, Gainesville. And it was, like, since, like, the mid-2000s, um, every single national championship but champion but two was within this little circle in the South. So yep. that also shows like you had so few teams winning it all in the same general region, right? And that just shows how strong the SEC has been. And, you know, with Michigan winning, you finally have another conference winning for the first time. I think the only two teams in this graphic when they went back was Ohio State won it. And now you have Michigan won it. So they were the only ones outside that little circle. I think Florida State was included in that circle, and so was Clemson. So you have that pretty much you look at every single national gym in, in like the last 17 years, outside Ohio State and Michigan, they all pretty much from the southeastern portion of the United States. So Yeah. Yeah. The SEC is definitely powerful. It's got plenty of teams that could really turn it on at any time. Um what's interesting is um with back to Alabama, the coaching staff is starting to fill out. So DeBoer is starting to hire people. Um, so it looks like uh, Grubb, uh, looks like Ryan Grubb is going to the offensive coordinator. Washington is coming with DeBoer. Um, so he's going to be the offensive coordinator for Alabama. It looks like the defensive coordinator is going to be Kane Womack. I think that's how you pronounce it. He was South Alabama's head coach. Um and a lot of people were surprised with Caleb Downs transferring because he he kind of he runs a, a safety heavy defense and they thought Caleb Downs would have flourished in it. Caleb Downs still hits the portal. Um, defensive line Freddie Roach is going to stay in Tuscaloosa. Um, it also looks like Robert uh, Gilspy Gilspy is also um, looks like he's going to stay in Tuscaloosa. He was the running backs coach under Saban. So you got some guys staying, some guys leaving. Um, so that coaching staff is taking shape. So, you know, we got some interesting stuff brewing, and there's always news in college football. You absolutely love it. And um, if you want to stay up to date on all things um, football and sports, please follow us on Twitter. Um, our Twitter handle is so hostility. So it's uh, it's going to be you know for Southern Southern hostility. So it's S O hostility. Um, it's our official um, Twitter X, whatever you want to call it. Um, so it was created last night. So it's second. It's the first day, I guess, first twenty four hours of having our X account. I already um, commented after um, Mac um, announced he was transferring to Alabama. I already commented, roll tide on that. So we are active on that. Um, so, like I said, follow us on X. We are on there, and it's been a short period of time on X, and we already got people. We already got people messaging us. And we got some really good ones. We got a couple. Wow, that's voice, amazing. We got we got a couple voice memos here. Um, we got some really funny ones. So I'm going to start off here. We had a this mess. This one was for you, Nick. Oh. Um, this is Larry from Lincoln. Here we go. Here's the voice memo. Hold on, let me play it. Southern Southern Hostility Pod. This message is for Nick. He claims to be a Georgia fan. I just wanted to let him know that Nebraska is 2-1 against Georgia. We beat you in the Sun Bowl, 45-6 to in 1969. 
we lost you in the Capital One Bowl, 45 to 31, but we got you back the next year in the Gator Bowl, 24 to 19. So Nebraska, like I said, is two and one against Georgia all time. We had a great recruiting class this year, 18th ranked overall. We're up from 25 the year before. And we landed Dylan Rayola, who picked Nebraska over Georgia. So I just wanted to let Nick on this podcast know that Nebraska is here to stay and we're going to take you down. We're the better team in red and black. We have better uniforms and we got a better team. So be ready for us. Just also want to let you know that our head coach, Matt Rule, is 2-2 two and two against the Falcons, but he is 2-0 and oh in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Also wanted to let Nick know that Nebraska has five national titles to compare to Georgia's four. Nebraska has three Heisman winners compared to Georgia's two. Oh, and I also wanted to let you know, we also have beaten Alabama to win a national championship. You're not the only one. And just so you know, Nebraska has culture. We have a great reggae band from the state of Nebraska called 311. So just wanted to let you know that Nebraska is here and the people of Lincoln are listening to your podcast. And we just want to let you know that the Nebraska Cornhuskers are back and we're going to be a force and we're going to be in the playoff this year. We're coming for you, Georgia. We're coming. And Nick, we're going to take you down. Wow. What a voice memo. I uh, don't know what to say. He, uh, I mean, let me Google Nebraska real quick because nobody knows about the corn huskers I'll be honest with you um they're a nobody team I gotta tell you uh it, the corn huskers really and ranked 18th in recruiting class uh who's number one again is it Georgia um this is kind of hey hey they know, did they did a... get that they did get the number one quarterback in the class. They did get, you know, I mean, I got to say, you know, just, just saying, I mean, Hey, this guy's onto something, you know, maybe Nebraska. I mean, he'll, okay. Um, have you done anything in this millennium? <laughs> hey, I Has mean, Nebraska just... done anything this millennium. I, I'm just trying to understand here where, where the hate's coming from, because I, I, I'll tell you what, he's going to find out real quick that there's fucking nothing to do in Nebraska. I'll tell you what. You want to go shut corn? Be my guest. Uh, I mean, Georgia's got better food, got great cities, and you choose Nebraska. I mean, honestly, I don't even really want you, anyways, because hey, you got to be careful. Bet- we do have we do have people that listen to this pod from Nebraska. I don't know why, but you know, you got hey, you got Larry, Larry, Larry from Nebraska. He's you know he's into it, man. He lives and breeds college football. Uh, clearly, he referenced a. The 1969 Sun Bowl. So, I mean, this guy's committed to Nebraska, man. This guy is absolutely committed. Uh, I want to just give a shout-out to Larry. I love it. I love the passion. And, I mean, he he was the first one to reach out to us on X. Like, I set up the account, man, and instantly, man, this guy was ready. He was ready to take you down, Nick. Absolutely ready. I mean, this guy has probably been on the internet just waiting, just waiting to get contact us to take you down, man. He's ready Senate, for a Georgia-Nebraska matchup. What sitting at that one computer in town in Nebraska? <laughs> you gotta like ready. sign it out. He's been ready to take you time. down, man. I mean, he's just yeah. There, you know, I mean, just hasn't done anything in this millennium. What is it? 1997 since they did something and they won the Orange Bowl against Tennessee. Hey, they beat Tennessee. Uh, so yeah, well, kudos to them. I think Tennessee. that was a Peyton. I think they beat Peyton Manning. So I mean, 
That's legit. Um, but that wasn't the only message we got. We also got another one. Um, so hold on, let me pull this one up. This this one's pretty good. Hold on, let me get it up. Hold on. Hey man, my name's Wallace, but people call me Wally. I'm from Walla Walla. I attended UW for a while, man. I'm originally from the Seattle area, man. But I moved to Walla Walla because I wanted to live off the land. I thought it'd be cool, man. I grow onions, man. Found your podcast because I wanted... I, <laughs> I found your podcast because I wanted to know more about the SEC, man. Kalen DeBoer left, man. I'm pretty depressed, man. My whole team entered the portal, man. The dogs have Jeb Fish. I don't even know if that's a head coach or a type of fish. <laughs> this guy, Steve, is on here complaining about Alabama, but he has six national championships, and I only got the Sugar Bowl, man. It's rough up here, man. It's just me and my onions, man. What do you think about that one, man? Uh, I mean, I guess you're not the only one spiraling since uh, your college football coach's departure. Uh, he's This man's just got his onions, so let's pray for him um, that he finds other root vegetables quickly uh, because onions are not the only thing that's out there that that will help you. Potatoes are fantastic and you should include in your diet at any time. Yeah, I mean he's got a sugar bowl too, you know? Yeah, I I mean I guess and he we're we're his man. That's that's what I got from it. That uh you know I, I you gotta say are, at least are, are, are kind of alike. At least, at least Wallace though has like better music up there, you know. Yeah. And in Washington, and he's got Pearl Jam. Um, who else is from up there? Um, what's that other band? Um, Nirvana. That Black Hole Sun. What's that? What's that band? Uh, Soundgarden. They have Soundgarden. Oh, so Soundgarden. I mean, at least there's better music in Washington. I mean, than Three Eleven. So. Yeah, and more culture than Nebraska. I don't know though. Three Eleven. I don't know, man. You can't. I don't know how much more culture you can get than that. I mean, didn't is that the band that started the whole trend with the puka shell necklaces in the early two thousands? Um, who started I that would... trend? The shell necklaces. You know the. You know what I'm talking about? Like the late nineties, yeah. early two thousands, like puka shell necklaces. I feel like. like thing. I feel like that's like a boy band thing. Okay. Like maybe um, Backstreet Boys. I don't know. Well, I mean, like I said, interesting first, first less than twenty four hours on X, and like I said, we got some great yeah. DMs. So I'm glad we're getting interactions there. Yeah, that's that's really great. So so Larry from Lincoln and um, Wallace from Walla Walla, love it. And uh, we want to, you know, hopefully uh, Wallace will send us some onions. I could really go for some fresh onions. Um, with that, the um, NFL playoffs so far. Wow, that that was kind of um, outside the Lions Rams. That kind of was uh, a pretty bad uh, 
super wild card weekend to say the least. It's like every game was a blowout. I got to tell you, the frauds got exposed this past weekend. Everyone that thought they knew who they were quickly found out that they weren't that guy. I got to tell you, the Steelers got exposed. The Cowboys got exposed. The Dolphins were exposed and they had to deal with freezing weather. And Joe Flacco just ran out of magic, I think. Uh, I, I think the Browns were never really like on fraud alert. They were just kind of riding the wave of Joe Flacco and they just ran out of gas like that uh, Bronco in the mist. So, uh, yeah. It, I mean, what I thought was terrible, I just all the games in general. I mean, besides the Cowboys, which is really awful, um, just like even like the Steelers game, it was a blowout until I mean the Steelers came back. I mean a little bit, it was kind of close, but I mean that Rams Lions game, Lions game was the only close one. And to be honest, Detroit pulled away early and they kind of let the Rams back in it, and then the Lions got lucky and seemed to get every single call at the end of that game. I mean, Puka Nakua should have got that call at the end, which should have set up the Rams with a first down. Yeah. And they didn't call it, which the Rams got screwed. I, I get it. You know, I guess the NFL, they want to keep the Lions in. I get I don't I get what they were doing. And I know the Lions had a bad call against Dallas. I get what goes around, comes around. They got they got the call this time, but the, the Lions should have lost that game. I, I think. I think the Rams get in didn't get in range, they score. And then I think it's a whole different thing. Now the Lions won that game, and now I think they're going to go to the NFC Championship game. So congratulations to them. So now it will be the Commanders and Cowboys for the NFC's longest trout to make it to an NFC, NFC Championship game. So congratulations. The Lions are about to break that drought, I think. But I just it wasn't exciting. And I, I think back to when they expanded the regular season, expanded the playoffs. Was it really worth it? Because a lot of times you know who's going to win. It happens. I mean, every single home team won except the Cowboys. On rare occasions, you get a lower seed to win. And I think the Packers are the first seven seed to win. So, yeah, with this I new mean, playoff format. But I'm, I'm, I really don't like the, uh, the new playoff format, personally. Because the number one seed is the only one that gets a bye. When it used to be the number one and the number two seed. I like how the number one and two got to buy. Also, I mean, you got two teams sitting out, and let's be real, it's probably going to be Ravens 49ers in the Super Bowl. So, like, while these games, like, you wish you're exciting, a lot of them are hardly going to matter. I mean, we will see, you know, what happens with the Texans and the Ravens. I mean, that's probably my favorite game. We were talking before we went on air about these coming matchups, but... Seriously, like when you have the two best teams not playing, they're likely going to be the Super Bowl contenders. It's like you start to wonder, was this meaningless? I guess there's going to be some years where the one seeds aren't in it. Sure, that's going to probably be more likely than not eventually. But when you get these matchups that are just absolute slaughters, like like I said, the Browns-Texans, slaughter. Uh, the Dolphins-Chiefs was actually closer than we give it credit for. Cowboys-Packers slaughter in the wrong direction, but it's Dallas. You know, Bills, Steelers, the final score doesn't really do it justice. And then the, the Buccaneers, Eagles was just, I mean, I, I don't know. If you look at the NFC East, right, <laughs> talk about a weak division. I mean, yeah. the Cowboys lose to the, the, the seven seed, and then the Eagles, 
lose to the Bucks in their absolute collapse. They were 10 and 1. They were a Super Bowl favorite and they just blew it. They blew the division. They, this team was like the 2020 Steelers that were 11 and 0 and they got absolutely exposed. And I, I really see the same kind of collapse here where they their offense just stopped, you know, producing. Defenses caught on of how simple their scheme was, allegedly, what I'm hearing from different media sites. And, you know, that every week it's kind of backed that up. And then in the wild card round, you only score nine points. That's that's ridiculous to me when you're like one of the best offenses in the NFL and the Buccaneers who won the worst division in football that the Falcons should have won. But here we go. We got Buccaneers and Lions in the divisional game. And like you said, the Lions are just going to I I think we both agree that the Lions are going to take that easy. Um, and the Buccaneers kind of Cinderella story is going to come to an end real quickly. Oh, most definitely. It, it's over. I mean, their little run, it's fun. They won their, their home game. Um, they beat the Eagles and uh, Nick Seriani. I, I can't believe he sells a job. Um, I, I yeah. really can't. Him I, and McCarthy, they should be fired. They should be homeless, destitute. Like I want to con an NFL team into thinking that I can coach because I can just show up for like four games and get fired. And that whole contract, I'm still getting paid. Sitting pretty, sitting on the couch, making millions of dollars doing nothing. You know what? You know what really exposed Nick Sirianni, for example, with Philly. You know what really exposed, but I think he's been exposed here is in the Super Bowl, he made that gesture. He tried to flip someone off. Nick first off, he cried to start the anthem, which I still find pretty funny and then he like in the Super Bowl he tried to flip someone off it, it, the, the TV made it look like it was Patrick Mahomes but it wasn't it was like somebody tried to flip someone off and like Hurts just goes over to him like no man we're not and we're not gonna do this his player says this to the coach like what yeah so that's a great viral video if you haven't seen it go look it up it's a great viral video and then you just look at was last year his offensive coordinators was yeah. was the Colts, you know, head coach now? Was he really the mastermind behind it? Because he leaves, and this thing all comes crashing down here, in in Philly. Like it's just, I mean, you literally started ten and one. You are the favorite to win everything, and you just absolutely collapse. And then you just get manhandled. You had you couldn't tag. They couldn't tackle at all. I mean, it's a toss up who looked worse, the Cowboys or the Eagles. It really is because they both fell flat on their faces. You're 100% right. Both coaches should be fired. And, you know, I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, people are saying, like, how could you say, you know, the Eagles were in the Super Bowl last year? I get it. But when you have a collapse like that and you lose, clearly they've lost the locker room. I guess the players have said he hasn't, but it sounds like he has. And you have a massive collapse. And then you've got McCarthy, you can't win. You can't make it past the second round. I mean, you have two, you know, coaches that there's a clear issue, and both those rosters are too talented to already be out. Because like the Cowboys and the Eagles should be playing this week. This should be like the game of the week. Yeah. This should yeah. be like th- this should be the um, you know, 3 p.m. Sunday game. Everyone's tuning in. Dallas Philly is what it should be. And it's it's amazing that it's not. It's like, wow, I can't believe this. Um, and they're both sitting home and that's what it is. Yeah, and with 
with the coaching job market how it is right now, I'm so surprised that I decided to keep them because I think there are better coaches available for a hundred I mean, percent. Belichick, Harbaugh. I mean, I think, and and you know what, and and with Belichick now getting a second interview with the Falcons, it just makes me think if the if Sirianni was fired, if McCarthy was fired, I think Bills going to either of those teams, and. I know you were saying before, like, oh, like the Chargers job may be better, Falcons. I mean, when you get the coaching greatest of all time, pretty much a sure thing going to be the coach next year. I, I don't think you hesitate on that, honestly. Uh, you, you pay the man, you you get him over here, and, and you let him get the win record. Get him those 14 wins, and then, uh, you know, you kind of reevaluate later. I think, because I think that that yeah yeah I, go ahead i i still think i think i think the best i think even um with the eagles and the cowboys head coaching jobs that are open i still think seattle is the best one i think our boy wallace up in uh walla walla i think um his seahawks i think i think that's the best opening i do i think that roster's loaded i think they, they can easily move on for geno smith it's not costing them a lot of money they can easily move on from them they're in a decent draft spot. They just take whoever falls to them. And I think they're walking into a team that's pretty well made. I think. I know you're going to say the Falcons are pretty good. I, I think that Seattle team is more talented on paper. I do. And I think Vrabel would be stupid. Not I, 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 If they interview Vrabel, I think he's going to destroy up in Seattle. I think it's a perfect place for him to succeed. Give it a couple years. Seattle's back. Pete Carroll can... Uh, draft and scout really well. He's done so over the years. That Seattle team, seriously, <laughs> uh, that opening I think is probably the best. Um, and then I think right now the way the rest of the things are going, I think you know, like I said, the Chargers is a good one because you got the quarterback. You know, that's a great place to hire a defensive mind. Like I don't know why they're not talking to Bill Belichick because seriously, like he, they need a defense. They got the quarterback, so that should be a great spot for someone like Bill. A great spot for someone like Harbaugh, who could easily come over. I think Harbaugh, to me, though, is the best coach available. I think he has shown he could take a San Francisco team that was a mess. You know, the Alex Smith San Francisco teams were not good. He took that team. He brought in Kaepernick. He got them to the Super Bowl. They were close. They just couldn't get it done. And then after that, the fact that he was let go is just ridiculous. I mean, he built that team. He also took Stanford. Um, to the Fiesta Bowl against Oklahoma State and almost beat him. I mean, he did amazing things everywhere he's gone. He's won a national title at Michigan. And I really think he's going to make the jump to the NFL this year. I know he has this whole thing about Michigan is trying to get a contract with him where he can't be fired for the cheating scandal. I think this is just a ploy to get more money in the NFL. I think he's come. I really think he's coming back to the NFL this year. I think this is the year. I mean, you won everything you can at Michigan because now you're just going to go back and you have more expectations at Michigan. You're going to want to keep winning. You're going to have to fight this transfer portal. This portal in the in college football is terrible. I mean, you lose your own guys. You're going to recruit your own guys every year. And in the NFL, you get the contracts. I just think his his brother's got a Super Bowl. I think he wants a Super Bowl. You know, so there's a lot of there's still a lot of change yet to come. There is. I mean. So it's kind of shocking though we're this far in and there's like been no hirings yet, you know, there hasn't been much at all. So everything's been quiet. Um 
Yeah, I wonder if they're kind of waiting as a courtesy for after the Super Bowl, um, which I'm kind of surprised uh, some coaches were let go so early and others weren't. Um, I mean, I could see... Um, I could have seen Sirianni or McCarthy going if they didn't announce it after the Super Bowl, you know, like I could see them like saying, you know, this is the coach for a while and then and then firing them. But um, well, I mean, I mean, they, kinda, they, Jerry, kinda, they seem kind of firm, firm on it. You, you know, you have Jerry who comes out with a statement that he's keeping McCarthy. I mean, the Eagles haven't come out and said anything yet. Um, you know, as of, you know, 925 at on January 18th on the East Coast, um, Sirianni hasn't, they haven't, the Eagles haven't said anything about Sirianni yet. We're just assuming he hasn't been fired. Um, however, that being said, McCarthy, Jerry Jones has come out and said McCarthy is staying. And Jerry lives in a delusional world. He's delusional that he thinks he's this close to a Super Bowl. You yeah. have a coach who's taken you 12 and 5, three consecutive years, and cannot make it round, make it past the divisional round. Of the playoffs. You haven't made it past the divisional round in 30 years. It is. I, I get, you know, I was talking with my boss the other day. And I said, I, uh, I think it was, it was, it was earlier today. And I said, I'm like, I can't believe we didn't fire McCarthy. And he goes, you know, on every other team, a 12 and five record in two division titles in three years is, is great everywhere else, but Dallas. And I said, it's different though. It's like if you're coaching for the Toronto Maple Leafs, you're coaching for the Dallas Cowboys, you're coaching for the L.A. Lakers. You know, when you're coaching for these teams, if you're coaching for Alabama, whatever, when you're a big premier program, you're expected to win. It's different. This isn't the Cleveland Browns. This isn't, okay, this isn't uh, the Detroit Lions that are happy to win the division and win a playoff game. This isn't that. This is the Dallas Cowboys. They go by America's team. You're supposed to win. The culture in Dallas is to win historically, and you haven't won for 30 years. There's a problem. Clearly, there's a problem, and Jerry's going to look himself in the mirror that it's it's it, at this point, it's him. Because you build a team. I think, I think Cowboys fans are just gaslighting themselves, to be honest with you. Like, if you haven't gotten past the divisional, how is the, how, how is the culture to win? It's obviously to lose. I mean, well, and I'm going to say in, in the playoffs, it's to lose. It's the regular season. They dominate. You look at these right, regular seasons yeah. they've had over the last 30 years. They've been a, overall. They've been above. They've been a winning team in the regular season for the last 30 years. Yes. But you come from a history in Dallas and you got you go back. Roger Starback, Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith. Michael Irving. You had the dynasty in the 90s. You had the amazing 70s. You've had some runs. You've had coaches like Tom Landry, Jimmy Johnson. You have history here. And the problem is, is they just can't live up to this at all. And it's just, they keep crushing under this, whether it's the, the pressure of being America's team or whatever it is. It's just, they can't do it. And the, the 20s, oh, yeah. every, in, in the time it has now been, every other team in Dallas has now won. Okay, since the Cowboys have last won the Super Bowl, the Stars won in the late 90s, right? The Rangers have now won the World Series. In Dallas, they hardly care about baseball. Congratulations, Rangers. You won the World Series. It's great. As a Dallas fan, it's wonderful. Sure, I'm not the biggest baseball guy. I know you're a bigger baseball guy than I am. It's great. It's wonderful. Thank you. We won the World Series. Okay. 
It, it's football, okay? And our market is football. Okay, Rangers have won, Stars have won, Mavericks have won. Cowboys have not. You even had you, you even have the you, Texas I mean, Longhorns won in 05. I think it was 0405 for college. I mean, I'm telling you, Jerry made a deal with the devil. And it, it shows every year. And I got to say that, you know, you look at, at the, the fans' reaction, right? I, I, I remember the day after the Cowboys game, I'm scrolling through TikTok and all over my For You page are just disappointed Cowboys fans, right? They're just like, ah, oh, this, this happened. Or why is it us every year? Why is it us? And then the Philadelphia Eagles fans are gaslighting themselves. Like they weren't all hyped up that they were going to win the Super Bowl and week 12. And then they go, oh, well, we collapsed. So it's whatever. Give me a break. Uh, I'm I'm kind of sick of these Philadelphia fans trying to take the high road like they weren't shit talking halfway through the season. And then the, have, Eagles, like, the, fans were, the Eagles fans were shit talking the Cowboys the day before. When you live yeah. in a glass house, hey, this is what happens to you. It's just, you know, it. Also, the whole thing with Philly, I dislike Philly. I do. It's they're a division rival. I have. I don't like Philly. But worry about your own team first. These these fans that are like, I'm more happy the Cowboys lost. I don't care. We lost. I'm more. That's what I, I saw a lot on Twitter. Of oh, at least Dallas lost. I'm happy the Dallas lost. Then. Say us winning. That is ridiculous. That is absurd. Yeah. That this is what the fans are saying. Worry about your own team first. Try not to say anything until you've won. Then you can come back and say it. It's like that Spider-Man meme where they're both pointing at each other. But instead of Spider-Man, they're just dumpster fires. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it really just get a reality check, Philadelphia. First off, your organization is completely in the gutter right now. So... Uh, why don't you pick up the pieces? At least the Cowboys scored like 20-something points before went in a garbage time. <laughs> you scored nine points in a wild-card round playoff against the Buccaneers. And you know what? The Lions won, and their fans are so happy. It was, it was I remember there was a shot of like all these old people that were so happy to see the Lions just win a wild-card game. But your Philadelphia fans are just like, oh, I'm happy the Cowboys lost. Oh, I'm I don't care. Give me a break. Give me a break. Fans were crying in Detroit, and you're just trying to gaslight yourself into like not acknowledging the most epic collapse of the 2023-2024 season. Unbelievable. No, let's talk about your this Lions, the team that you you would love to, the team you're currently bandwagoning. Um, yep. On the run, you're, you're really hoping. Um, you know, I gotta say, like when, when you know I'm picking it when Dallas is in, and you get a bandwagon team or whatever to try to keep yourself interested in the playoffs. Usually, I go with the in the other conference. Usually, um, but you you're sticking in your own conference with the Lions. I give you props there. They won. They beat the Rams, and you gotta think they gotta be. I haven't looked at the spreads, but you got to think they're heavy favorites over the Bucs. And you're going to be sitting there thinking, hey, you make an NFC championship game, anything can happen. Like, what if the Packers come out and beat the 49ers? Then the Rams, well, and then, the, then the, the Lions are hosting the NFC championship game. Ford Field, 
would be hosting the NFC Championship game. I never thought I would say those words. Never. If you told me 10 years ago that the Lions would possibly go to the Super Bowl in 2024, I would say you're crazy. Like, get this man to a rehab center. He's on drugs. He's he's about to die. Uh, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing, too, with, with this new playoff format where these one seeds walk into the divisional round kind of slow. You know, they had the week off. You've been playing football all year. Um, and they, it, it's possible that they might have lost a step. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Ravens lose to the Texans if the 49ers come out slow against the Packers uh, and and kind of get stifled at the at the beginning, right there. Uh, and these other the other games are are probably going to be a toss up, to be honest with you. Well, if uh, you want the Chiefs if you, and the Bills, yeah. If if you want to start, if you want to go through the breakdown like Saturday, so if you want to start with the breakdowns and start going over different games, I mean, with the Texans Ravens, we want to get into this one. Um, I think the game I'm the most excited for is the first game. It's the and once again, you gotta love Texans playing the Saturday games. I love it. Um, I mean, if you want a Saturday game and the Texan, te- uh, the Texans in the early rounds of the playoffs on Saturday is just great. I mean, I love it. It's just a great thing. I hope this happens every year. Um, Texans at Baltimore, four thirty on Saturday, four thirty Eastern, three thirty um, Central. Um, I, honestly, I think this is gonna be a good game. Um, and I'm gonna say it, and you're gonna hear it for, here first. I'm gonna be the first one to say it before anyone can take it. CJ Stroud's a bad man. He's a bad man. He's a bad man. And uh, Will Anderson, bad man. I love this Texans team. Um, just so you know, um, the Houston Texans as an entire team have entered the transfer portal. Okay, they are no longer the Houston Texans. Okay, they're taking, they're making their own transfer portal in the NFL. They're entering the whole team's entering the portal. And they're now the Texas Texans, okay? They're representing the entire state of Texas, baby. From El Paso, okay, to Houston, down to San Antonio, up to Dallas. They are the whole state, baby. They, they are everything. Out to Lubbock, everything. The Panhandle, they are the entire state of Texas. They're in they're all of hope for Texas right now. They are the new America's team. They wear the red, white, and blue. I'm crowning them the team of Texas right now. Um, they got the star on on the eye too. So they, they got know, they got the star, kinda... like I said, and they wear red, white, and blue. You gotta love it. This Texans team, man, I'm backing them 100. I love the coach. I love the defense. This offense is clicking. It's exciting. If Baltimore had a dome, I would really I'd be saying right now, the Texans would win this game. If Baltimore was in a dome. Texans get this game. I don't know what the weather yeah, is going to be, be like, like in Baltimore. It's going to be like 20 degrees on, on Saturday. I'm looking at the weather right now. Looks like it's going to be about 20 degrees. That's uh, going to be that's gonna be tough for a team yeah. that's in a dome. I mean, you're going to say the dome factor is definitely going to thing. But CJ Shroud played at Ohio State. It he gets play cold, in cold in Ohio. Weather. He could ball out. We'll see what the defense of the defense travels. You know, I mean, some of those guys, I mean, like I said, more dome teams. But CJ Shroud could play. In the cold weather. Um, I wouldn't be, I mean, they could upset this game. I mean, I, I'm going to be, I'm going to be on, I'm going to be betting heavy on the Texans in this game. Um, I, I do think the, um, the Ravens are the favorite for the AFC, but I'm in love with this Texans team. I love them. I love how they're gelling together. Um, I love the play. 
and this coach is great. And the Texans have something to build on from this season. Not one person yeah. expected them to win the division. Not one person expected them to get to the division. They have exceeded expectations everywhere they've gone. They have they fleeced uh, the Cleveland Browns in that trade for uh, Deshaun Watson. Fleeced them. Absolutely. And they're on the verge of building a little dynasty. And to be honest, the Texans' future is brighter than the Dallas Cowboys. It is. This team is really good. Um, And, it, it's, and you know, I'm excited for them. You know, I mean, this team is like the one of the newest teams in the league. Um, honestly, they've been through a lot. I mean, the city of Houston's been through a lot with football in general, with the Oilers relocating and then having to wait a couple years to get this team, you know, happy for the Texans. Um, you know, and I'm just saying, I'm hearing with as they're entering this portal, I'm hearing, you know, you know, I'm hearing Austin, you know, might be the perfect location for them when they enter the portal, enter this relocation, you know, might be perfect for them to be centrally located in the state to be the Texas Texans. Okay. So just putting that out there, it's, it's happening. They are the team of Texas right now. Um, what are your thoughts on this game? I mean, it's really up to Lamar Jackson to come out and show everyone that he's the MVP. Really? I mean, it's not that he has anything to prove, but it really is his game to win. I really think that he can really probably like slice up this Houston Texans defense, even though they've been good as of late. Um, and I don't think CJ Stroud could keep up with him. So if really? Baltimore comes out swinging, then you know it's going to be. I, I think it's going to be hard because to me, Lamar Jackson is who CJ Stroud is going to be in like three, four years, right? I, th I think that they've got similar play styles. I think they both are like really good at, at making throws, but then also, um, you know, minimizing mistakes as well. Um, not putting their bodies on the line either, you know, like Anthony Richardson or Robert Griffin, the third, et cetera. Um, so they're, they're smart quarterbacks, right? Um, I think that go Baltimore, atmosphere is going to be tough for cj stroud for sure i mean college football is one thing but you know you go in the nfl the fans are crazy it's bitter cold uh you can get off your game pretty quickly i think i, I hate to cut you off nick but i got some mm -hmm. breaking news that just broke are you sitting down for this breaking yes. news ohio state is set to hire longtime nfl head coach Bill O'Brien as the school's wow. new offensive coordinator. He was wow. the Patriots offensive coordinator last year. Your your state of Ohio, buddy. The Buckeyes just hired Bill O'Brien as the offensive coordinator. Oh my goodness. Oh, that's wild. And this is from uh Pete Thamel. This this is legit. He is the offensive coordinator. He's gonna be under Ryan Day. Wow. Um, wow. I mean, RIP Mac Jones' career, really. Uh, I'm I'm sorry. I mean, it seemed like he was a good quarterback coming out of college, and but he's got to deal with offensive coordinators just changing every friggin' year for him. That's that's tough for sure. Uh, and as far as Bill O'Brien, Ohio goes, State, I though. I mean, he's a terrible coach. Oh, he's uh, awful. Just just to put that. <laughs> Simply, um, he's just, he's just I mean, 
it's been a whirlwind where everywhere he went, it's been terrible. He had Bryce Young, right? He had Bryce Young in a fantastic offense, and he he had two losses. It's just he couldn't work with Bryce Young, and Bryce Young was a phenomenal college quarterback. I mean, he might be struggling with the Panthers, but he's a phenomenal college quarterback. And just he was he was terrible at Alabama. Like I feel like he could never establish the run. I feel like he could hardly establish the run with the Patriots. I mean, he's awful, awful. Wow, just. You know, as we were talking about the Ravens, we were talking talking about the Ravens, Houston Texans. The the best thing the Texans ever did was fire him. Oh, absolutely. And and you know what? It's unfortunate that DeAndre Hopkins had to go because I feel like if he just stuck around for an extra year or so, then him and CJ Stroud would be such a fantastic duo. Really, Uh, I'm. uh, It's unfortunate that Bill O'Brien pushed him out because of that whole situation. Being a terrible coach, it's it it's absolutely awful. It, it, it he's so bad. It just you know it, it, if you're Harbaugh now and you see that right, and Harbaugh's like, oh my god, that's who I gotta go against. Maybe he runs it back with Michigan now. I mean, yeah, that's wow. It, that's a terrible hire. Yeah, I mean, they should have gone with the, Tommy Reese was available. Tommy Reese is a better offensive coordinator than Bill O'Brien. Better. I mean, what he did with Milrow and the growth that Milrow had this year. I mean, that was a better... Tommy Reese was a better hire than Bill O'Brien. And... Uh, who do you think Who do you think is better? Bill O'Brien or Arthur Smith? It's a tough one, right? I was just thinking about that. I was like, man, these guys one. are both equally as awful. I'd have to look at Arthur Smith. I'd have to look at Arthur Smith's resume closer. Um, I'd have to really do a deep dive into him before I could make a full prediction on that. I just gotta say, Bill O'Brien at one point was a promising coach. You know, I mean, he kind of he really did good. You know, he helped you know bring Penn State back, and then he went to Houston, and it just he early he had success early, and then it just came crashing down for him. And you know, Arthur Smith, another guy who had sky. You know, Arthur Smith had success early, too, and then just kind of came crashing. Both of them just never lived up to expectations, right? I think that's, yeah. um, you know. Maybe it's recency bias for me, but I would say that I'd rather have Bill O'Brien than Arthur Smith. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's definitely recency, right? It's 100%. It's, it's definitely recency. And I mean, honestly, I'd have to do a better look in Arthur Smith before I could do that. Yeah. Um, but... Wow, I just I just can't believe Ohio State's doing that. I think that is such a bad, such a bad move. Uh, I think this takes them right out of that conversation we were having earlier, where we think Ohio State's going to be good. It, it, you know what? Year. You know you know why it doesn't though, is because dudes matter, right? Yeah, and they got the recruits. They got the they got the bodies, right? They got the some of the best players in the country. At the end of the day. Ohio State is a have and not a have not, and just their roster alone will get them into the playoff and will get them in the big games. I mean, right now, Ohio State, I think, has such a loaded roster that I think a moron, and I, I do not think Day is a good coach, and he's and I think he can get them at least to the final four of the playoff just based off yeah. the roster alone. Somehow, I, I honestly want to know how Ohio State can continue to get these recruits because Urban Meyer was a good college coach, terrible in the NFL. Good college coach. Make some questionable decisions off the field. But 
what I mean, and he also he his players tend to commit crime a lot of crimes as well. Uh, that Florida team, but he was a good coach. Day, I don't I don't think he is. I think he's a good recruiter, but he can get guys in, but can't win. And, you know, I, I think if he loses to Michigan again, he's fired. I think Day is 100% fired, and I don't think it's going to help his career whatsoever by hiring Bill O'Brien. Um, no. That is a mistake, 100%. And uh, I don't like that. I don't like that for Ohio State. I kind of feel for their fans. Um, as we're on the topic, are you going to do your Ohio State of the Union address for Ohio, Mr. Ohio, Nick Blackman? My Ohio State of the Union address, I got to tell you, this state is just under constant duress. Um, I feel like it's a war zone out there with the way your teams are losing. Um, With Cleveland losing this past weekend and the Bengals back to being the Bungles, I I really got to see... those those palm trees are not going to be sprouting. Do you do you think, Stephen? I mean, do you think they're going to be sprouting? I think I think if they had won the Cotton Bowl, you know, maybe there's a little palm trees going on there. Um, you know, I, with Ohio State, I should say. Um, the Browns, man, did they just did not? You know, they didn't. They, they were the Browns, you know. And um, I think a healthy Browns team, I think, is good next year. I think Joe Burrow is back. You know, um. So I think Ohio is going to be okay in that sense. I don't know if the palm trees are coming just yet, though. I don't, I don't think that's coming. And I think what's really unfortunate for the people of Ohio is the palm trees are coming in boatloads to the state of Michigan. They got a national title. Um, the Lions won a playoff game, and things is look things are looking really good in Michigan. And um, people in Cleveland are looking across Lake Erie, and they're like, "Wow." That's what success is like over there. That's how you rebuild a team. That's how you coach. And that's how you get calls to go your way. I mean, you can you can see the ships. They're coming from Buffalo with these palm trees, right? They're shipping right into Detroit. And Cleveland's just waving. They're cruise liners going to Detroit now. <laughs> They're going the Great Lakes cruise. They're staying in Detroit. Maybe they'll hop over to Toronto, Buffalo, skipping Cleveland altogether. <laughs> They're skipping Cleveland like like all these cruises are skipping over Cuba. Just so 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 I gotta I gotta ask yeah. you. I gotta ask you. Hypothetical here. You're okay. a high school senior. Yep. You're a top five recruit in the country. Pick your position. You can pick whatever position you are, right? Okay. Okay. You got you got two offers on the table. Okay. Um, you got the uncertainty with well, let's just say you got the you got you got Harbaugh's offer in Michigan. You got Ryan Day's offer in Ohio State. Okay. Take away, take away um this year's national championship. So say this is last year, right? Just take away because I don't want recency bias in this. So take away okay. this current so say it's this is last year before they won the national title, right? So where are you going? You going to Michigan, you going to Ohio State. What side of the game are you on? Uh, well, I'd probably, I'm, I'm thinking that I'm going to be a tight end, right? Uh, absolutely. I'm going to Michigan. No doubt in my mind. Uh, you go to, you go to, the, you go to Michigan pre-national title over Ohio state. hundred percent. 
why would I want to live in Ohio? Who wants to live in Ohio? I don't care how diehard Ohio State fans are. They're losing to Michigan every year. I mean, I got to tell you, you can't win against Michigan. How do you expect to win any type of bowl game, any national championship game? I want to be in Ann Arbor, all right? That's where I want to be. Outside of Detroit, so I can go in, enjoy the city, enjoy the Lions, you know, enjoy some Eminem, Mom's spaghetti. Ah, uh, that 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 just seems perfect to me. Just absolute palm trees are. I'm telling you, you look outside Tiger Stadium, palm trees. You see them lining Ford Field next week. I I just I gotta I gotta say this. With Ohio State, right? Since, so prior to the, um, so when um, Michigan, when Michigan last won was 97 or 98, um, right? So since then, right, Ohio State, they won from 04, right? Ohio State won every single game up until 2010. Okay, then Michigan won one, and then Ohio State won from 2012 all the way to 2019. Right? It, okay, so and then the all-time series between the two, I guess Michigan leads 61 to 51. I guess there's six ties. In our lifetime, Ohio State has dominated this rivalry. Um, what we have seen, we have seen Ohio State win. Um their national titles here. They have won. They won in uh, 2002 and 2014. Up into this year, Michigan hadn't won since 97 or 98, right? Since they had Tom Brady was on the roster in our lifetime. So you got two national titles. You also had them. They lost in 06. They had a good game in there. They were also national finalists in um, 07 and 2020. They lost to Alabama in 2020, right? You look at the Heisman winners. They got a ton of Heisman winners. Okay, you look at who they produced in the NFL. If I'm looking at it as a recruit, the end game's the NFL, right? I'm taking the Ohio State Buckeyes in this rivalry. I am. Because what's getting you to the NFL, right? I mean, you look at, okay, sure, Tom Brady went to Michigan. But there was a long gap with a lot of Michigan players before Harbaugh. They weren't coming out, and Ohio State was a factory. They were producing players left and right. Right. It's just people were coming out. These you had some great players over the years. You really did. And you know, and Michigan had some slim pickings for a while. Right now they're on top. Sure. They're on top right now. But I gotta say, you know, Ohio State's gonna come back. They just they don't Ohio State doesn't go away. And what I've realized over like watching college football, Ohio State does not go away. They just keep coming back coming back, coming back, and they're always good. And, you know, it, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think they're like, I, they're I, like that. Cra- they're like that crazy X, right? They're, you're, they they like, are. Done. They, they, That's they, they, it. Uh, it's over. I don't want to see you again. And like next year we're here and they're stalking you. And they're like, it, it's like that meme where you're seeing, uh, you know, you're looking out your side mirror and it says objects in the mirror may be closer than they appear. And it's Ohio State sprinting down 95 or 
you know, 71, which would be in Ohio. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're definitely annoying, but they're nothing more than a pest, really. Michigan, when they go, they go all the way. And when they don't, they absolutely not, just not, not even going at all. Why even bother? Uh, why just, even make the effort? I, I, I just kind of, I see, I just find the Michigan Wolverines nauseating. That that's my thing about them is just they come off so even when they weren't winning all those years, year after year they lose. I I felt bad for them for a while, like back when we were in college. I really felt bad for Michigan just because they kept losing. But they're just the arrogance they have, and it just it came out this year. You see, just they're just so arrogant. And I mean, I'm amazed that the Michigan Wolverines did not win a national title from 1948 to 1997, right? They didn't win a national title from 1948 to 1997. Where's this arrogance coming from? Most of their wins are from way back in the day. They won in 1901, 1902, 1903, 1904, 1918, 1923, 1932, 1933, 1947, 1948, and then nothing. Nothing. Most of their wins in the rivalry became before World War II. They won like nine in a row in like the early 1900s. You know why? Because the men went off and fought for our country, and they weren't playing at Michigan. They were fighting wars, right? World it's War One. World War Two, I mean, they <laughs> went to Korea. That like you were at the front lines, right? And you look over to your bunk mate and you say, "What college you go to?" And they all said Michigan. These men were out fighting, and what is Ohio State doing? Cowards back home playing football. Unbelievable. I mean, it's they're really just treasonous. Honestly, uh, well, I think. I mean, let, I think. I mean, at least the national titles for for Ohio State, right? Most of them come after the 1940s. They won in, so they won in 42. They won in 54, 57. Then they won in 61, 68, 1970, 2002, and 2014. So they got more. They had more recent than Michigan. It's just they made more. They made the playoffs a bunch. Um. You know, I personally, I think it's, I think if you want to get to the NFL, I think it's a better route, uh, personally. Um, maybe not if you're a quarterback, their, their quarterbacks struggle in the NFL. So CJ Shred, I hope you're the opposite, but other players do fantastic. So, I mean, remember Eddie George growing up that Titans, uh, oh yeah, running back. He, he was a Heisman winner from Ohio State. So, and hey, Michigan doesn't even have a mascot. They don't know they're the Wolverine, but they don't actually have a mascot. Like a Buckeye mascot's pretty cool. I mean, it's a giant nut. So I mean, that's pretty cool. He looks like he's a serial killer, uh, and he's definitely murdering people on the side while also entertaining Ohio State fans. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you've looked deep into his eyes, but there's something unsettling there. That's for sure, and that's something can only come from living in Ohio. Uh, I'm convinced I mean, that what, what makes Michigan, not, I'm, I'm convinced Ohio's not what, even a real place. What, what, what makes Michigan so much better than Ohio? I mean, it's like, what's the difference? I mean, because... is it Michigan? Michigan's colder. Like Michigan's like freezing. Like, yeah. I don't know. I think Ohio would be better. I think I, I personally think, I mean, yeah, Cleveland is Cleveland, but I mean, Michigan has Detroit and then Michigan also has that one where you can't drink the water. Was that Flint? 
that Flint, Michigan. Yeah. I mean, we're not talking. We're not talking about Flint. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I don't know. I think I think both places have some rundown areas, but you know, I don't know. At Colum- Columbus looks like a fun town. You know. Columbus does look fun. I'll just hop. So this is what what's going to happen. Is I'm living in Ann Arbor, right? I'll enjoy Detroit. If I want free healthcare, I just hop over to um to Windsor, right? So you're going to go to Canada. That that, yeah, that, that Canada. so that so that's your positive. That's your positive. Right. Michigan yeah. is you're closer closer to Canada. That's you know right exactly. Okay, but you know I mean, Ohio and, State has and, Brutus, Brutus the Buckeye. Um, you know, you got the horseshoe, you got the Columbus Blue Jackets, um, that have not won. Um, and Ann Arbor, you could say, you know, you the Red Wings are in Detroit, but really, in, Michigan's in Ann Arbor. University of Michigan's yeah. in Ann Arbor, not Detroit. So you don't have an NHL team in 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 Ann Arbor, but Columbus has an NHL team. So just putting that I out mean, there, you know, you got to stop people from leaving via mass exodus somehow right i mean who would want to live in columbus so, unless the blue jackets were there and you could gaslight yourself into thinking that you're living in a good city for what five months out of the year uh there you go i don't think columbus is that bad i mean i think it's it could be a fun town i mean i could I mean, totally say could... these things i've never been to ohio have you been to ohio I have not, but I think Ohio sounds like a fun place to be. I mean, the only thing that stinks is they don't have the ocean. But, I mean, Michigan doesn't have it either. They they both have the lakes. But, you know. I, I, I think Ohio is some just, like, deep state propaganda, right? <laughs> doesn't exist. It's just, like, we blame everything on Ohio, and then we draw a map in the United States. I bet you if you drive through Pennsylvania – you're just going to hit Indiana. Like you don't even get to Ohio, right? You drive all the way west through Pittsburgh and then you're like, "Huh, it's Indiana now." I don't I don't know what happened there. Um, yeah, Ohio doesn't exist. Uh, not to me. All right. Well, you know, Brutus and I uh, you know, we 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 disagree. Brutus and I disagree, but let let's get back to um enough about Ohio State. Let's get back to um the NFL. We were talking Texans Ravens uh, before that breaking news broke. Um, so, what's your pick? You got the Texans. Or you got the Ravens. Who are you going with? Um, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you, Stephen. I'm gonna I'm gonna choose the Texans here. Uh, let's I ride. Think, uh, let's ride it. I, I think that when you're hot, you're hot, and the Texans are hot. Uh, that's that's all I got to say about that. All right, let's ride. We're in this together. Let's go, Texas Texans. Come on, let's get it done. Um, I did see, though, something about the Ravens. Um, I did see that um, there was a, a thing that popped up that popped up in, um, on social media that the Ravens, this popped up on an ESPN social media, that the Ravens eat 30 to 60 Uncrustables. So, you know, the Smuckers Uncrustables from school? A day. So that means they have over seven thousand five hundred in a season. That's a power move. I gotta say the uncrustable, the Smuckers uncrustable, is low key one of the best things from travel. Those things are amazing. I, I gotta I, like pan fry those, right? Get like a oh. nice crust on them. 
Oh, so good. Oh, those Delicious. are those are phenomenal. I I gotta give like I said, those are that that's a power move though. So the Ravens got the power of the Encrustable. So if they can get past the state of Texas, you know, they, they clear it's, Super Bowl. It's the Encrustable that's feeling them. It's the clear it's Super Bowl favorites. I, I I did a um couple months ago. I did a, a trip down to Miami. And uh, we just lived off Uncrustables, man. We went to the um, Publix, right? And we bought like a couple boxes of Uncrustables, man. We were just we were just eating those like crazy. Be like, you'd be like two a.m., man. You, just, you need to get a snack, get a late night snack. You get home, you just have an Uncrustable. Honestly, low key, one of the best uh, snacks out there. Are you a classic um, grape jelly, or are you looking for like strawberry? I'm the classic yeah. grape jelly. You got to go classic, classic Smuckers, uh, Uncrustable. I'm all classic, one hundred percent. Yeah, I'm. I, I I do like strawberry. I I need some variety in my life, you know. Uh, but yeah, I do appreciate a good classic grape. So good, so good. Um, and maybe this is the year of Harbaugh. You know, G, yeah. you know, Jim got his national title. Maybe John goes and gets another Super Bowl. Who knows? But like I said, we're riding with the Texans. We're riding with the state of Texas. Um, if the Ravens win, we'll revisit them next week in the more uncrustable power and. Maybe we end up riding with them to the Super Bowl. We'll see. Things change week to week, man. Things just change, man. That's the playoffs. It's the ebbs and flows of the playoffs. Yep, um, absolutely. All right, next game, the second game on Saturday, the 8-15 game. Uh, the cheese heads. The cheese. You know, you I, know I think... What's, what's unfortunate is that I really think the Packers could win this game. Don't tell me that, please. <laughs> I Honestly, this is this is like the toilet bowl for me. You got the teams that Dallas can't beat playing against each other. This is like, you know, I was having a conversation with my dad the other day, right? The same man who made me a Dallas Cowboys fan has made me suffer. So so he says to me, he's like, yeah, I think I want San Francisco to win the Super Bowl. And I said to him, I said, what? They've been our nemesis forever. What do you mean you want yeah, San Francisco? What? He's like, he's like, I don't mind San Francisco. I don't mind him. I said, what do you mean? They always beat it's us. It's got to him. I'm like, it, what, what are you, got, what are you the talking Stockholm about? The like, syndrome has got to your father. That's, I was like, I was like what are you? I was like, he's like, I don't, I don't mind San Francisco. They had some great years. They were fun to watch. I said, they're literally outside the division, historically our biggest rival. I said, I'm like, you don't care at all? I was like, really? They don't bother me. And I was like, really? And you would just think from his generation, I mean, he, he became a Cowboys fan in the, in the 70s. You know, and then that whole '90s, like that rivalry was bigger then. I mean, I mean to me, I mean we haven't we've lost a couple times lately, but I mean it hasn't been that big in my in my era with the Cowboys. But with him, I'm like that's amazing to me. And, he, yeah. and he's like he's and he does not like Green Bay. I can tell you that him and I both don't like Green Bay. So I guess that's why he's going with the 49ers in this game. I'm worried about the cheese. Um, the I'm, cheese I'm not worried, and and here's why. This has been the Packers MO recently. They make the playoffs barely. They beat Dallas. You know, they beat Dallas, right? They get to the NFC championship somehow. And then they absolutely collapse. I mean, you remember when Aaron Rodgers said, Oh, we're gonna run the table and then got absolutely slapped in the face in Atlanta in the NFC championship game. You remember that? Mm-hmm. I, I think the same thing's gonna happen here. I think that they're gonna win against the 49ers. Unfortunately, Jordan Love's going to be, you know, cemented as another franchise quarterback that the Packers. Are wait, just wait, pick are, are, you, are you saying right now? Are you saying right now you have the Lions in the Super Bowl? Yes. 
What are you smoking over there? You in the state of Michigan this week. The good stuff. The good stuff. That's what I'm smoking, Stephen. Oh, my God. You are really going with you're drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Yeah. You are drinking the Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Let's let's talk about the Packers 49ers first. I am nervous for San Francisco, definitely, the way love is playing. Um, the power of the cheese. Um, you know, and, and I honestly like last week we did a whole um draft for conferences. I really want to take back the Wisconsin Badgers pick because I just the, the the cheese seeps into the Badgers as well, right? That's just everything just you look out in the stands in a Wisconsin game, you see cheese heads. It's just I gotta take that pick back. At some point I'm I'm declaring a redraft. We'll do that at some point later on. I need a redraft. I just I can't the, the cheese is just no, no, the, the cheese has bothered me. There's, Unbelievable. I'm gonna challenge this with the commissioner. There's gonna be no redraft. I, I need I need uh, a redraft. I can't I can't it, it, it's it's bothering me too much. But the Packers taking this man, to the Supreme Court <laughs> of the United States. It, it, the Packers are too much. Um it's seriously though, I think I'm going 49ers in this game. I think the 49ers get it done. As much as they they scare me, I think it'll be close. I do. Um, I think it'll be closer than most think. I think the Packers. I think sorry, the, the 49ers have too much. Um, and this team is just loaded. And if the if the 49ers can't get it done now, I mean, I know you have a thing against Shanahan. You don't like him. Um, after that Super Bowl, I get it. I think I think they get past the Packers. I think the inexperience of Green Bay is going to hurt them. I think they get past, and I still think San Francisco is probably the best team in the NFL. I still think they're probably a Super Bowl favorite. I got them winning this game. It's going to be close. It's going to be a nail-biter. Love is going to show the world that uh, he's a really good quarterback. You're going to have the talking head saying he's the next bad man, even though that really should go to C.J. Stroud. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, 49ers win, close one. I would not be betting this one, though, if – if you're if you're gonna take any of our picks and go bet on them, I highly recommend you don't. You'll probably no. lose a lot of money. But um, yeah. But I would not. I repeat, I would not bet this game. I'd stay away from this one because you just don't know what San Francisco is going to give you. And Green Bay showed they could. They look good. Yeah, and um, I'll just say this: Kyle Shanahan can burn in hell. Um, but at the same time, like if you're looking at this this conspiracy theory of the Super Bowl logos and how the colors represent the teams. It seems like it's going to be Baltimore, San Francisco in the Super Bowl because of the purple and the red. Uh, It could also, I mean, I don't see any other purple team here, so it couldn't be the Chiefs being the the red team. The Texans have red. It's true, but who's purple? So, I mean... I don't know. We'll 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 certainly see uh, after you know eight o'clock on Saturday uh, if that theory holds up a little bit longer. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to take the Packers because uh, I think that you know storylines. Matt Lafleur um, used to coach under Kyle Shanahan. I think it's going to be a big thing where uh, Lafleur kind of outcoaches him and. Um, we're seeing, you know, the the student has become the master type thing. Uh, I think that the Packers are going to go um, and, and, and play in the NFC Championship game. Uh, and then they're going to play the Lions. Uh, plain and simple. 
Um, this next you know, matchup. You know, the Buccaneers wear red. And it is, you know, hey, what a storyline that would be if Baker Mayfield leads the Buccaneers to the Super Bowl and they play the Ravens. What an underdog story that would be. Um, I think this could be, I think the Buccaneers Lions is going to be a better game than you think. Uh, no, yeah, absolutely. I think this will be a better game. I think the Buccaneers could win it. However, the Lions just are going to, I think the Lions get this done. Um, they get their second playoff win. Um, they make it to the NFC Championship game. Um, you know, they bask in all this glory. They're so happy. And then they get their absolute doors kicked in against San Francisco in the NFC Championship game. Um, and I think reality hits them hard. But I do think, I think they'll get past the Bucs. Um, you know, I mean, if I, as a as a fan, I would rather see Baker win this, mainly because I want this whole Michigan dream you have going. I want this to crash and burn. Um, but <laughs> the Buccaneers are honestly they they're kind of a fun little team, and no one has believes in them at all. Um, it's kind of funny that not no one believes in this team at all. Baker has his back against the wall. I mean. And who would have thought that Baker would come back like this and be playing like this? And it's just a fun story. It's a great comeback story. I know the Lions have the Jerry. Baker's Goff got his back. Baker's got his back against the wall. Who's pushing him in the in into the corner? I mean, nobody here has any expectations of the Buccaneers. Everyone says, "Okay, that's great." Um, I think it just kind of proves how Tom Brady had fallen off, kind of at the end there. Because Baker Mayfield was able to come in and, and really just um, have the same amount of success here. So we'll see. I mean, I, I do agree with you that this game's going to be close, um, especially because the Lions' defense kind of collapsed um, and their offense failed to produce in, in the second half of that Rams Lions game. Um, so we'll see if they kind of come out a little bit slow here. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm still picking the lions. I'm high on them. I'm drinking the lions Kool-Aid. It's blue raspberry flavored. Um, look for the lions in the super bowl. I'm telling you right now, I'm not telling you to bet on it though. And I got to tell you, we're not liable for any money that you lose. I just want to say this right now. Exactly. Uh, I don't want people in our DMS saying like, Oh, you picked this. No. We're, hey, what are we, uh, loan sharks or something? Come on, get hey, out of here. Hey, Larry from Lincoln has your number, man. He's coming for you. He's going to be in the uh, DMs every yeah. single week. He's going to be just, he's going to be coming for you. He's, trust me. Um, you know, Larry from Lincoln, but I bet Larry from Lincoln wants the Lions, though, because I mean, he probably remembers Ndamukong Sue's early days, right? Um, so who knows what Larry would wants, but I'm just saying he's coming for you. So, if you're worried about the DMs, um, it would be really interesting though if the Buccaneers did win, they would be playing the ultimate villain. And that team, nothing screams more villain than the Bucs in a way. Right? I mean, just they they they're a fun little villain, and they could definitely play villain. I think a lot of the country would hate them. I mean, because so many people are back in the Lions because they just people feel so bad for them. I mean, the fans, I mean, everyone just, everyone wants the Lions. I mean, I think a lot of people wanted Browns-Lions Super Bowl. I think a lot of people, I think that was a big one. And um, seriously, I mean, Buccaneers playing villains would be pretty funny. Baker Mayfield being a villain again, just 
He fits it perfectly. He does. Um, like we said, we're talking about the Super Bowl and the colors, and the Buccaneers wear red. Just saying. That's true. You're right. And, You're right. Just saying. There's something there to it. Um, like I said, though, if you think logically, though, the Lions should win. Um, but it is fun to dream what the Bucs could do. I mean, because if the Bucs got in the, the NFC champ, imagine if it's Bucks packers NFC championship game. Good Lord. Oh, man, that's brutal. Lowest rated NFC championship game of all time. I'll tell you right now. The Bucs would host. Yeah, they would. Because the Packers are the lowest seed, right? And yeah, the that's Packers are the anyways. seven seeds. Are the low. That would actually be fun. Though. That'd kind of be fun, especially if the if the Buccaneers beat them too. Oh my God. The, I think the NFL would be so upset because you're losing. The, I think that the NFL wants Detroit to go far because it's going to get people to watch, right? You're going to get... Yeah. Well, Detroit's not the biggest market. You're going to get people watching because people feel bad for them. Getting me to watch. I mean, I don't even really watch the football playoffs when, when the Falcons aren't in it. But I'm watching this Lions game, these <laughs> Lions teams. So. Yeah. I mean, hey, you know, we'll see. It's going to be a fun one. Ford um, Field is going to be electric. Lions win this game, I think, by a touchdown or two. <laughs> yeah, they should. Well, so. It's going to be a good one. and um, But the last one, which is one of my favorite matchups, I think. Um, I'm really excited for this one, is Chiefs-Bills. And I, I'm going to go down with this, and I might be a sinking ship. I do not think Josh Allen can win a Super Bowl. I don't think he's a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. I don't think he can do it, um, at least not as the primary starter throughout the year. Um I think Mahomes is a better quarterback. He might win this game. Sure. Josh Allen is at home. He might win this game. But he cannot I do not think he can win the Super Bowl. I think he I think he will get I think I think Allen needs to hope the Texans get lightning in a bottle. They beat the Ravens, they knock them out and then they win and they play the Texans at home in a cold NFC Championship game with terrible weather and a dome team comes up and that's how they get in. I think the Bills need to need to pray the Texans win this game because if the Ravens win and they play the Ravens and they got to go to Baltimore, it's I think it's I think the Ravens take that easy. Um, the Bills secondary got pretty hurt in the Pittsburgh game. Um, I think the Chiefs can win this. I know this is Mahomes' yeah. first road playoff game, and I think Mahomes can win this. And I would love to see. Mahomes go into Buffalo and just continue to be Buffalo's daddy. I would love to see it. Just, I would I, absolutely. I think the love Bills to see Mafia it. would uh, throw themselves off a building onto a, a plastic table. That that's on fire. That I saw I saw a video yep. over the weekend where there's one uh, table that was on fire that a guy tried to jump in. Um, yeah, unbelievable. These guys are crazy. I wouldn't want to fight them. That's for sure. Just the, the, the yeah, sure the mafia money. Yeah, I, I'm so afraid of them. Yeah, she's got a bunch. Of <laughs> I'm I'm so afraid of them. Yeah, totally. Um, just the bills, man. I just um, I just kind of find them a little nauseating, to be honest. Um, I think sometimes when you get the underdogs that have lost for a long time, sometimes when they come up, it's a feel good story. Sometimes yeah. it's annoying. I think the bills when they came up, it's been annoying. I just don't find them likable. And I'm starting to see with like the Lions. I mean, it hasn't been. I thought 
oh, when they finally get good, it'd be exciting. But to be honest, I think the Lions kind of been nauseating as well. Like the Browns come up, I thought was great. Um, I thought it was really feel good. They had a bunch of backers. I really felt for the Browns this year. That was a good one. But the Texans been a good underdog story. I really think that one's been a good one. But I just find so far from the Lions and the Bills come up is just nauseating. Absolutely nauseating. I think the fan bases have been, you know, incredibly nauseating. Um, Bills by, by 100%. Um, and just the whole Josh Allen nonsense. It's just Mahomes is better. Um, and I oh, really yeah, hope he demolished. I, I would love a Chiefs beat down. I would love them to absolutely destroy them. Be great. Be absolutely wonderful. Um, just to finally prove Mahomes is by far superior. He's a better quarterback. Andy Reid is a better coach than McDermott. And, you know, but this this year the Chiefs just don't have the receivers, though. That's what's going to kill the Chiefs. Um, you know, that that uh, kid out of SMU looked really good um, against Miami, but then again, it was Miami and it was cold weather. So... Uh, we'll see if, uh, if my money though on this is, I, I will not bet against the chiefs. Um, if that's one thing I have learned, I will not bet against Patrick Mahomes. So, uh, my money on a betting would be on the chiefs. Um, and I think the chiefs can get this done. Um, I, I mean, first off, I just want to say that I don't, I don't see what you're talking about with the, with the lions come up being annoying. I think that's been a good feel good story, but we're not talking about the Lions Buccaneers game, we're talking about the Bills Chiefs game. I gotta tell you, both of these franchises are annoying. Uh, everyone's constantly swooning over Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, maybe he's the best quarterback in the league, but he hasn't played an away game. He could, he could get rattled in Buffalo, and um. You know, uh, he's going to have to deal with an away playoff atmosphere for the first time. Um, and look for him to make some early mistakes. Uh, I think that if you want to take the over on interceptions, possibly, uh, regardless of the Bills' injuries, uh, you could do that. I think that's that's a good bet. But So you're saying Mahomes this... is going to get rattled and throw picks? Yeah, absolutely. Against that... The, the dilapidated uh, secondary. I'm telling yeah, you, 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 no, you no. go to a you go to an away playoff atmosphere for the first time. No, it's jarring. Mm-hmm. So this, this, no. uh, yeah, they're, they're used to playing at Arrowhead. They're not going to be worried about this one. They, no, they'll I, be fine. I, I, I think I they'll be. I don't absolutely think they're going to be worried. I think they're going to come out and think they're going to win it, and then they're going to be overconfident. I think that's what's going to happen. Um, I'm going to say that the Bills win this one. I think that the away playoff atmosphere is going to be too much for Mahomes. And, um, yeah, the Chiefs finally kind of get off their high horse with this one here. Uh, I think Chiefs, it's going to be close. I think if, if, like if, anyone's deserve, if anyone has deserved a high horse, it's been the Chiefs. They deserve it. They've won and won consistently. Um, and when they've when they've lost, they've come back and won. They win the close games. Sure, they've been home a bunch, but Mahomes is just unbelievable. It's just he's so far superior than any other quarterback. Yeah, he's had a he came back to earth a little bit this year. He just hasn't had the wide receivers, but I think he's gonna prove once again that I think he's gonna prove once again that he is superior than Josh Allen. And I do think I think if they win this, if they win this though, too, I think um uh, you know, um, 
if they win this and the Ravens lose, CJ Shroud versus um, Patrick Mahomes. Oh my God. I think that would be, for me at least, that would be amazing. That'd be the game, my game of the year. Chiefs, yeah, Texans, I think that would be Chiefs great. Texans, AFC Championship game would be my game of the year. Book it. You know, that, that, you know, absolutely book that right now. The, uh, the Stevie P game of the year, Chiefs Texans, AFC Championship game. It's happening. I'm going to manifest this. CJ Stroud versus Patrick Mahomes. It's going to be, it's probably going to be Bills Ravens, but okay. Somehow I'm going to call it Whatever the Dallas Bowl, too. Somehow, don't you worry. It's going to be, no, don't you worry. It's going to be, <laughs> so, yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be Chiefs Texans, and somehow I will somehow make this. Uh, a Dallas game. Okay, somehow. You know what? Like, I'll probably just play the game in Dallas at the Cotton Bowl because, like I said, because football revolves around Dallas. So just just play that game in the Cotton Bowl. You the know. Chiefs will sign this mysterious running back, wide receiver combo. He's, his name is called Pac Drescott. Um, <laughs> it'll, it, it'll look suspiciously like Dak Prescott, but it's not. It's Dak Prescott with a mustache. Um. And then the Chiefs will just lose because somehow Pac Drescott will will choke <laughs> the game away, and they're going to wonder why they gave this man a one one game contract. Uh, yeah, so so watch out for that. I, I think that's something you can fully bet on. Uh, call <laughs> Vegas up, put the bet in. Pac Drescott getting signed by the Chiefs for the AFC Championship game, according to Stephen. <laughs> I I didn't say that. I just said I think I think realistically I think. I think the AFC Championship, one hundred percent. If you're gonna think with this, I think it, I think um, the Chiefs make. I one hundred percent think the Chiefs make the A, uh, AFC Championship game. Um, I would love it to be against the Texans. Um, if you look on paper, it would likely be the Ravens, which I think America would want to see Patrick Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson. I don't think anyone wants to see Josh Allen versus Lamar Jackson. I'm sorry. Josh Allen is so overrated it hurts. Mahomes is a, a really good quarterback. Lamar Jackson is a really good quarterback. Josh Allen is an interception machine. Okay, he's thrown in like interse- close to 100 interceptions. It's unbelievable. Look, he constantly puts his team behind, and then his team's like, "Oh, we got to do better," or something like that. And at this point, I'd be playing blaming Josh Allen outright. I'd be saying, you know, stop dating Highly Stanfield. Uh, first off, that's probably distracting you. Uh, second off, uh, stop throwing those damn picks. I'll tell so. you, I think I would be a better GM for the Buffalo Bills than what they. I think both thought. you and me would be would be. A oh, better I think GM. I mean one hundred percent. I'm like, uh, just just imagine what you could get in a trade for Josh Allen because there is some dumb GM that would pay the world. You could do a uh, Deshaun Watson esque trade. For Josh Allen, you could build a super team. Honestly, I think because who would have said a couple years ago? You said Patrick Mahomes. Or we said it was everyone said it was Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, and then Josh Allen was kind of that third guy at the time. Everyone was all over Deshaun Watson, and he fell. I'm not saying that Josh Allen is Deshaun. I'm just saying I think he's very overrated. I think you can get a lot for him in a trade, and I think that could go build a championship winning team in Buffalo. I think they got the pieces. I think if they got a healthy defense. And you know if you know if Diggs shows up, I think you could get a bunch of quarterbacks in there that could play well uh, and play better than Josh Allen. And I will go down fighting that I do not think Josh Allen can win a Super Bowl. 
at least as the primary starter for throughout an oh, entire yeah. season. I mean, I'm sure, like, if you get a guy hurt, he could come in on a random team in the future, have a one good game, flash in the kit. I'm talking, I don't think he could start the season, play 80% of the games, 80 to 90% of the games, and then go win a Super Bowl. I just don't think so. I do not think so. And um, I just can't wait for Patrick Mahomes to beat up on him this weekend. I just can't wait. I'm going to absolutely enjoy that. Sunday, January 21st, 6.30, I will be in front of my TV, sitting there fully to enjoy the Patrick Mahomes show. And now book it. You actually can book it. I'm saying it is a proven fact. We will see, won't we? I can't wait to text you and be like, ah, Bill's up 27 to 3. I will have to eat crow. I I will admit I would have to eat crow. But I'm telling you, it's not going to happen because Patrick Mahomes will win this game. Right. The only way the Bills Bills win this is if if, um, Patrick Mahomes goes down. If Patrick Mahomes is healthy, they win this game. Man is clutch. The man is money. The man's a champion. He's everything Josh Allen isn't. Um, so yeah, I think that's pretty much conclude. I mean, that's pretty much a lot of NFL talk right there, though. I mean, yeah, um, yeah, I, I think that you know that that covers those games. Um, and we'll we'll be talking next week about uh, the conference championship games. Um, sure. I want to switch over to hockey for a second. Um. So I, I just I gotta I gotta give this team um uh some spotlight here. The Edmonton Oilers have won eleven straight games. Tonight they're playing the Seattle Kraken. They were down two uh two nothing. They scored three unanswered goals to go up right now. It's in the second period. The Oilers are playing great hockey. Um they've been the best team since um since about Thanksgiving. New coach has been great. Connor McDavid's clicking. This team is clicking. You absolutely love to see it. Um, I'm loving it. This has been great. I'm really happy with what the Edmonton Oilers are doing. Um, and I'm, you know, usually just, a, a lot of times I say this is going to be their year to win the cup. And right now they are clicking. Um, unfortunately, yeah, but- um, the Dallas team, the Dallas Stars, um, they did lose tonight quite badly um, to Philadelphia. We don't have to go over that scoreline. Um, but the Oilers are clicking. And right now for me, sports wise, the only thing that's going right for me right now has been the Edmonton Oilers. Um, so as a fan, you know, not podcast related, the only thing that's really going well for me right now is the Edmonton Oilers. And I'm really enjoying this run. It's been fun. Uh, I think you said before the podcast, I think the record was 17 games. You said, right? Yep, that was set by the Pittsburgh Penguins back in 1992. So the Oilers win this game, and then five more games they tie that, and then you know you go and win that extra game. They could they could set the record there. Um, I'm just surprised you're looking at at the Western Conference about like the teams that are on top: the Jets, the Canucks. I mean, and I got to tell you, right behind the Oilers. Are the Calgary Flames look seven at the, and three? Look, last look at 10, the games played wins in a row. Look at the games played. I mean, the Oilers have played four less games, and they're two points ahead of them. Though that matters. I mean, right? I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, they're just the Calgary Flames are just playing good hockey right now, and it seemed like they were kind of out of it before, but they could possibly, uh, you know, sneak in the playoffs here. 
I mean, they have uh, won, like you said, seven of their last 10. So, and they're in a four game winning streak. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, they're playing good hockey. I mean, I'm, I'm not comparing them to the Oilers because the Oilers are just like out of their minds right now. But just like kind of some some teams that you didn't expect with the Canucks and the Jets kind of kind of rounding out the top of the, the Western Conference here. I see. I love the Canadian hockey. I like I love Canadian hockey. I absolutely it is it is fun to watch. I mean, because up there, right, absolutely. it's really cold. They don't have I mean, I know they have like the CFL and stuff, but like to them. Their their hockey's everything, and like their teams, they're like the Edmonton Oilers have an amazing uh, following. Calgary does as well. The Vancouver Canucks have a huge following. Um, a lot of their fans are really hated by other people in Canada. Montreal historic team. Um, Toronto historic team. Um, Toronto right now. Oh boy, do I feel bad for them. Um, they have lost um four in a row. They blew a lead to Edmonton. The Leafs, man. You know, they have a similar roster. Civil, like, the way they're built is similar to Edmonton. And the way you build this team is their defense, not the best. Their goaltending isn't there, and they got a lot of forwards who can score goals, but they just can't play defense. It, it It's not how you win. That's the thing. And... The Maple Leafs are another team like the Cowboys. It's like, let's just keep doing the same thing over and over again and hope it changes, and it hasn't. And like I said, you know, you start feeling bad for the Maple Leafs because every single year the media, you know, for people who don't follow hockey, the Maple Leafs, Toronto is like the is like Dallas in the NFL, right? Everything in Toronto, their media is insane, right? Just... The way they beat down on hockey, it would be like the way London is for soccer, Dallas is for football. It's just everything in Toronto is NHL, NHL, hockey, hockey, hockey. And, I mean, it's always a circus around the Maple Leafs. And every single year, they just have a dud in the playoffs or they somehow miss the playoffs. I mean, for the longest time, they couldn't win a playoff series. They finally got over the hump last year. But you start feeling bad. I saw a video, I don't know if I sent it to you or not, where the this, this guy was saying that the Maple Leafs have not won a championship. They've not won the Stanley Cup when it's been more than two rounds. So they've not won three rounds of playoff hockey at all. So that means they just have not won in the modern era. Era, I would say. You that's, gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you, you that, gotta feel for that. That's family. worse. That that's that's worse than the Cowboys. So I mean, you gotta you gotta count your blessings, Stephen. Uh, no, no, I'm know. not. I'm not. No, no, no. It's it's the same thing. It, I 100% <laughs> believe it's the same thing. Dallas, the Maple Leafs is 100% the same. I feel for them, um, and I want I want them eventually to win. Like, you know, I just. You know, at some point, it'd be great for them to win something, um, preferably not over the Oilers or the Stars. But at some point, you know, they got to get over the hump. And if you're the coach or if you're the captain or you're the guy who scores the game-winning goal to win the cup, I mean, you know, if you play a sport and you want glory, man, if you could win a cup on the Maple Leafs, man, it's like winning the Super Bowl. and You're the gun that breaks the curse or you're the one that breaks it. I mean, you are a legend forever. 
you know, you're yeah. going to think like with Boston sports, like that, that 04 baseball, you know, that 04 Red Sox team, those guys are legends forever in Boston. They're the ones who finally did it. Right. Um, seriously, to be that, to be on that team that does it, it'll be something super special and you'll be remembered forever. And at some point they're going to do it when I don't know. Um, Not this year. That's for sure. Because the Canadians who are right behind them in the Atlantic division, only have a five point difference, but here's the crazy thing. But they played two more games, though. So I don't. The, their point differential is minus thirty one, though. And the Maple Leafs' point differential is plus twelve. So I mean, the Canadians are awful, and so are the Maple Leafs. So I don't, I don't see them really doing much. If they sneak in the playoffs, good for them. Uh, Mo- Montreal is another again. one where if you won, you'd be a legend. I mean, they haven't won. Since I think ninety three, um, yeah, they haven't won in a long time. I think, I think it was ninety three. They're on also another one. I mean, they're kind of on a similar thing. I mean, they were the Dallas Cowboys, right? They won all the time, and then they're also on a. Let's just put it this way: a Canadian team hasn't won the cup since Gary Bettman's been commissioner. Coincidence? I think not. Um, <laughs> uh, I think I don't know if a Canadian team will win until he finally retires, but. Um, Montreal has a great young core. They really do. And I think they're building that team the right way. It's fun to see them grow. Um, it's also really fun um, being around the Boston area when Montreal's good. Because, man, they hate Montreal in Boston. And it is fun to watch. Because people go out of their minds. Um you know, it is fun to be an observer of this is a great time. It's a great rivalry. It's really fun. Um, so, you know, I, I've had fun with both sides of this rivalry. I've had a good time. I've said some, uh, I've had a, I've had a really good time with this. It's been fun. Um, so it, it's man, I get, Boston gets so depressed when they lose to them. They just get so upset. Oh yeah. And like, and Montreal gets so upset when they lose. It is so fun. Because you could just sit yeah, back that's, and that's a really you... good. It's a good rivalry to to watch. They they both really don't like each other at all. You know what's also crazy too, and you got to think this is a lot with the sports in general. Is I went to that Winter Classic when Boston played Montreal, and I was amazing on all the split households. And what I thought was so interesting with a split household, like with like one parent likes one team, one parent likes the other. What I thought was staggering, and I noticed this more when I noticed at the Winter Classic and I noticed going to other games, is whatever team the mom liked, the son liked. Whatever team the father liked, mm. the daughter liked. So I remember walking around, you'd see the dad in a Bruins jersey, mom in the Canadians, son in Canadians, daughter in Bruins. I mean, I thought that was kind of wild, right? That is interesting. Like, it's like I noticed it was like, you know, Mother and son were always on the same. It was it was always interesting to watch. I thought that was kind of cool. I always think the split household is kind of fun too. I mean, to, to be under one roof and be that bitter of a rival. I mean, so that's that that's fun. I mean, I guess it might be fun in a way. It might also kind of suck. Um, so I mean, my wife isn't a fan of anyone that's considered a, a, a rival of Dallas in any way. So um, that's not really an issue. Um, so. But I mean that would be a very interesting situation, especially to grow up in. Um, you know, my uh I know in my household growing up, my dad favored the Canadians. Um 
So he's not the biggest hockey fan, but if he had to pick between the Bruins and the Canadians, he favored the Canadians. My mom actually favored the Bruins. Um, I just, I just like, I just think the rivalry is fun personally. <laughs> I mean, yeah. being more of a neutral observer, I mean, like I said, it's it's kind of fun. Um, it's one of the better rivalries in uh, in hockey because not only are they rivalries because they're in the same division, but it's like a USA versus Canada thing, you know. Yeah, it is totally. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't think you really get that type of rivalry with anybody else because you know it's like, okay, like you get like the the Flyers and the Penguins rivalry, right? Or like the Rangers and the the Islanders that rivalry, but that's all like local geographic area type rivalry, right? Yeah. With with the Bruins and and the Canadians, it kind of goes a little bit deeper than that, and and that's why it's so interesting to me. Yeah, I, I gotta say, I always thought it was cool, like growing up playing hockey. I always thought it'd be so cool if I played for Montreal with my last name being French. I thought that would be yeah. so cool to have them call my name in French, like when they do the starting lineups. I was like, that would be so cool to come up to the the Bell Center to your name, like pronounced correctly in its actual you know native tongue, and it comes out. I thought that'd be so cool. I'd be like, that would be awesome. Um, am I fluent in French? No. My last name is French, though, and that'd be really cool. Just to come out, just to have it pronounced correctly in French, just come out to it. Also, like, their their game warm-ups are so cool. Like, if you would ask me as a kid, you know, who would you dream to play for as a fan? I mean, obviously, like, I like Edmonton a lot. I like the Dallas Stars. I like those two teams. So as a fan, like, yeah, I like them, but... To be a player to play for Montreal would be awesome. Also, if you're good, you have the keys to that city, man. Montreal's a fun city, man. You'd have the keys to it. You got like mm -hmm. the F1 race they do up there in the summer. That's fun. They got the bar scene. Oh my God. As a player, you'd have so much fun in Montreal if you're good. And just, I mean, having the French last name for me would just be, oh my God, it'd be so much fun. <laughs> um, I, I'm not going to lie. As a kid, I did dream of. Being like, hey, I could flourish up here. <laughs> <laughs> so I did think about that. Um, but, I mean, you look at the rest of the NHL standings going to the rest. The Rangers are still clicking. The Rangers are still really good. Um, you want to talk about another place that'd be fun to play if you're a player um, would be the New York Rangers. You're in New York City. You make really yep. good money. And it's kind of forgotten a little bit because the Knicks have so much pressure um, talk about pressure in the NBA. The Knicks have pressure. You got the football teams. You got baseball, and you know when the spring starts. So like the Rangers just don't have that pressure. Yeah, and I feel like the Islanders are are kind of the ones that kind of get most of the flack there. They right? do though. They really like the people on the island really love them, and they got a really passionate, intimate fan base, and they get a lot of pressure and a lot of you know they get a lot of crap those players. But the Rangers guys, they're, they're living in Manhattan. If you make good money, you're living in Manhattan. Uh, oh man, Seattle just tied it up with Edmonton. But um, you're living in Manhattan. You know you got money. There's not much pressure. You're going out with celebrities. You, you hear stories come out all the time about like former Rangers players and like the nightclubs they're going to, what they're doing. And like they just get away with it because just they don't have they're in the bet one of the biggest cities, one of the better cities in the world. And they're just they can just have the green light. I there was a former uh there was um there's often stories of like Canadian players who they come down, especially in the old days in the original six era, 
Like they would come down from Canada where they were in the spot like 24 seven. You have these Leafs players or Canadians players. They come down to New York and no one knows their name. Suddenly they're just not the Yankees or the Giants or the Kings in town. Right. And suddenly no one cares and they can, they're making good money. They're having fun. Um, That'd be fun. I mean, I, I, I was actually at a wedding back in October and I was talking to a guy and his neighbor, um, his neighbor plays for the Rangers. He's like, yeah, I know. Uh, so-and-so. He's like, ah, yeah, it's just whatever. It's like, like they don't, it, it's not as, it, it's just funny that, you know, in other markets, like, you know, in Boston, it'd be huge, obviously, you know, and then in Detroit would be pretty big as well with the Red Wings have a great fan base. But, you know, for an original six, the Rangers definitely to be, it'd be fun to play for. But so the Rangers are clicking. The Flyers are doing well. Um, that's really unfortunate. And they won today too. Um, uh, the hurricanes are good. The hurricanes, I think have been a lot of people's team to make a, the hurricanes freaking window is closing. Right. Yeah. I mean, the hurricanes have been that team for the past couple years that everyone keeps saying should win the cup. And like, they struggle in the regular, they're not like that dominant force. Everyone thinks they should be. And Oh, man, that that window's closing there in Carolina. They got to get something done if they want to. Yeah, they you know. kind of come out and surprise during the playoffs, though, right? Like, I think that's just how they kind of operate, where they kind of hang around in the regular season. You know, they come out and they make it first, second, third round into the playoffs, but they don't really make it to the cup, right? They don't make it to yeah. that that final series. They, they had some so. fun series with the with the Bruins and um. Yeah, and they tried to create a little rivalry there, which it didn't really work. I don't think anyone in Boston really took them serious, but they tried to create a little rivalry there. But that was kind of fun. They had some good series with Boston. Those are fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, yeah. playoff hockey is fun think- to watch in general. Just the drama and just the. I mean, the players. Everything really- happens so quickly, right? I mean, every everyone's moving all the time, and then you can have like two point swings so quickly, right? with with the scores that are making it to the playoffs. I mean, like, these are, like, high-caliber teams. It's not like you're playing, like, the Bruins are playing the Senators during the regular season, so you're not really that interested in it. But, but, the, play, but the players care, though, too. It's right, not like, yeah. in, in, I'm not saying in the NBA and the NFL they don't care. They Obviously, they care. But the players are, like, it's like, a lot of these Canadian players, they grow up in, like, the Stanley Cup is, like, that's the ultimate. I mean, they are just, they want it. And they want it like yep. they want it. It's just, it's, I mean, it's the hardest trophy to win for a reason. And man, just they get into it. I mean, they'll play hurt like Bergeron used to play. He was a warrior, man. He was, yeah, I hope he enjoys retirement. But that guy would play through broken ribs, punctured ribs. Um, was Campbell, I think it was Campbell, Gregory Campbell on the um, 2011 Bruins Cup run and broke his femur, just stayed out there the shift just to keep going. I mean, these guys yep. just, I remember seeing him skate back to the bench after a shift, and I said, that man is going to be lucky to walk. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, these guys, they just – hockey players are a different breed. You know, I mean, even at the younger level, like I, I had a buddy, one of my best friends, actually the best man at my wedding, he broke his neck playing hockey. Right? He literally – he he tripped on a rut in the ice, went headfirst into the boards, broke a bunch of vertebrae. Um Doctors were like, you're lucky you're not dead. It's a miracle you're not paralyzed. You, you fully could walk again, you know, and uh, he's like, you're done. You're done playing. 
He's like, no, I'm going to go play again. And he played again. He This happened like early in his high school career. He played. He graduated. He played all the way through. And he kept playing. And I mean, if he could continue, I mean, he'd still play to this. I mean, he'd still be playing to this day if he wasn't working freaking 100 hours a week. Uh, but my God, he loved it. I mean, these guys just continue. I mean, when you love it, something, I mean, they absolutely, they, hockey players are different. So, yeah, it's a fun sport. Um, it's also, you know, it's funny about hockey too. It's one of the few sports you can play when you're short. I'm not the tallest guy, right? And a lot of hockey players, you don't have to be like six foot four and above for hockey. It's good. I mean, if you want to play defense, it's good. Don't get me wrong, but you could be on the shorter side and play. Um, yeah. Like, like Marshan's not a tall guy by any means. I'm taller Marchand's than him and I'm short. like a sm- small Italian man running around <laughs> being crazy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, seriously, you know, so it's a fun one. Um, Out West, we covered these pretty well. Out West, um, the Stars lost, you know, not the best one today. They're still, they're third in the Central. Um, I am really optimistic for this Stars team. Um, right now Heskinen's out. Um, if they get healthy, if this team gets healthy, Ottinger's not playing. I mean, Ottinger's. I think he's he's battling back. If, if the Stars get healthy, I think they could do a real run. Um, the Oilers' eleven game win streak is great and all. Don't get me wrong. I think the Stars are a more complete team. When that defense gets healthy, they got a good they got a good defense. Um, their goaltending when Andre's on, he's on, and they got great forward depth, and they're young. Um, I think this is one of the most exciting stars teams I've ever seen. I mean, I've seen cup runs. I saw the Jamie Ben Tyler Sagan. That, that was a fun run. But I'm telling you, this, this stars team I truly think is one of the best since uh, Mike Madano. Um, in that run. Um, so this is a fun one, definitely for sure. Um. So out west, like I said, I you, you must be. I, yeah. you, 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 we mentioned you're happy about the Flames, um, and then the I, think the, are... I think the West is going to be super competitive, kind of going into the playoffs. Because if you if you look at these top teams like the Jets, the Avalanche, like these all have these teams all have great point differentials, right? Uh, they're sitting at like plus twenty. Most of it, the Jets are clicking. The question is: yeah. Is Hello Hellebuck is getting a lot of minutes right now, and as the as the season goes on, that starts to take a t- uh, t- starts to wear on a guy. You get to the playoffs, and suddenly he's getting a lot. I mean, like I said, this they're a little one dimensional. So the Jets are hot right now. We'll see. We've seen the Jets teams be hot before, and we've seen them, you know, kind of pitter out in the playoffs. It's just we'll see the Jets. We'll see. Okay, good. Now I think the Avalanche and the Stars who have more. You know, I think our better younger cores, better depth will slowly start chipping away, I think, at the Jets. And I think you're going to get, like, either the abs or the stars that come out of the Central Division. Um, I think it's going to be those two, I think. Um, and then in the Pacific, uh, the Kings, man, the Kings are the Kings are built for playoff hockey. They got a gritty team. That team, that the Kings out for the Pacific, I would watch out for them. I wouldn't worry about the Canucks so much in the playoffs. I don't know how sustainable their winning is. They're, they're having a great year, don't get me wrong. And I've seen a lot of years the Canucks fall short in the playoffs. That is very, very much, the very, very Vancouver esque. Amazing yeah. regular season. 
And then the playoffs comes around. And that's pretty much the story for every single Canadian team is they have great regular seasons and then playoff hockey starts and the refs aren't calling the penalties like they used to do. And, you know, and these teams pitter out and, you know, (laughs) and the Golden Knights sitting there defending champs, man, they're good too. So I don't know. Uh, I think the Kings, though, could really come out of that. It would be, I do not want to play the Kings. So I would want to play the Kings either. I mean, they haven't been good recently. In their last 10, they've won one game and had four overtime losses. But I I think this team could fully turn it around. I know the Oilers are kind of breathing down their necks right now. Um, but I still think that the whole entire Pacific com- division is, is pretty competitive um, from the Canucks all the way. I mean, even down to the Flames, if they kind of keep it up. Uh, the Kraken are kind of a disappointment this year. For me, anyways, because hey, you know, the, they the come winter out. classic champions. It's all that matters. Right, there you, you go. The Hang the classic. banner. That's all you're getting in Seattle. Uh, I mean, they came out last year um, in their what second season, and they made the playoffs. They made a deep run. I was lo- looking to see if you know they were going to come around again, and they were just kind of falling flat. I mean, their last ten are pretty good, but. Uh, they're they're right down there with the Ducks uh, and and the Sharks. That's not good company for sure. The Sharks are terrible. The Sharks are absolutely terrible. They're 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 going for the lottery. Um, they're on a rebuild. Um, they're fully on for the rebuild, and they're just really bad. They're just. And I'm just gonna say, I mean, the Edmonton Oilers at their lowest lost to them, so. I'm just saying the Oilers, it's going well for them now. But it goes and flows, man. This That's the thing with the Oilers, okay? It's just... Uh, I've been following the Oilers for a very long time. It's harder to watch their games now with them being later. You know, I usually have to get up at like 5 a.m. for work. So it, 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 it's hard watch staying up late for those games. Man, they, but as the Oilers, man, they go up and down, up and down. And then a lot of, there's been a lot of downs with the Oilers. I'm just saying... Yeah, they might have won 11 games, but they could easily lose in the next 11. That's the thing with them. So I'm while I'm trying to be optimistic with them and I'm hoping you know they go on a run, I'm just saying it can go it can go south just as quickly. Um the de- the Oilers defense worries me, the goaltending worries me. Um so I I think it, I think I also had said to a point too. It's like you got dry settle. You got McDavid. I don't know if you win a cup with both of them. You might have to trade one of them to bring in goaltending. I, I don't know. I mean, I just I, I find it hard wins for them. You championships. I think I, that's plain. I, and I find it hard for them to win a cup with both of them on the roster. I would love to see. I would love to see both of them hoist the cup. You know that might be, that might be it. I mean. That might be one of my favorite moments to see that see them do it would be great. It'd be absolutely wonderful. But you know, I, I, and I what kind of pisses me off is the Predators are having a decent year, and I would love I, I would love to see like a a dry settle for Soros trade of some kind, not straight up. Obviously, there'd be other moving parts there, but like I would like to see Edmonton with a goalie. I would. The last time they made the Cup, they had Dwayne Rolison. <laughs> In net, you know, so they just haven't had a goalie. They have not had a goalie in decades. It's just, you know, that's the thing with Edmonton. 
it's so I don't know. Like I said, um, you got to be positive now, but there's always ups and downs and hockey's ever changing and it, you know, it's very volatile. So we'll see what happens when we check in on them next week. We'll see where we are. Like I said, Edmonton could lose every single game t- until the next episode. So it just, it goes up and down, man. And another league that kind of goes up and down, yeah, the NBA. NBA is interesting. We're getting in the dog days of the NBA. Yeah, we're we're kind of coming down to it, getting to the halfway point here uh, in the season. And uh, I tell you, these the Celtics team looks legit. Um, they they are the clear favorites to win the East and uh, possibly win the uh the finals here uh, i mean they've they've not lost they've only lost nine games uh they're undefeated at home uh they've won three in a row i just i, I jason tatum's just been playing great um for for everyone chris trap chris traps Porzingis, uh was a great pickup in the off season um you know uh this team's just just fantastic here, um, and on the other end of the spectrum, uh, my team, the Atlanta Hawks, are looking to be sellers at the trade deadline. I've been hearing um, Deontay Murray, um, kind of his name being thrown around, being traded to the Lakers. Um, we'll see if that's gonna come to fruition. They kind of, you know, they went and um, sold out. For, not sold out, but they they trade some good pieces to San Antonio uh, for him uh, a season and a half ago, and um, and now they're just kind of looking to move him again. It's just kind of shows how how quick things move in the NBA, where you think you got your guy, um, you kind of have your your backcourt set, um, and then you know you're you're wondering if if he's really the the that final piece of the puzzle. Um, I mean, I, I think the Hawks are just going to be stuck in this kind of middle land of making the the last kind of play-in teams with this new um, playoff format that they had um, with this with these extra two um, teams that make it, and then they have to play it in. I mean, the Hawks are at number ten right now, which I believe is is that play-in that last play-in spot. Um, I like Trey Young. Um, it'd be unfortunate if they had to trade him, trade him, but um, I think they got to do what they got to do at this point. Um, you got to try to find some answers somewhere because this team should be good. Um, with Trey Young and Deontay Murray, uh, on paper they look good, but they're just failing to perform consistently. Um, and then in other news, there was a big trade where. Um, all-star forward Pascal Sayakam from the um, Toronto Raptors was traded to the Indiana Pacers, and they'll and they'll send Bruce Brown and Jordan Noyora and three first-round picks back to the Toronto Raptors. New Orleans is also a third team in on the deal, and they're sending Kira Lewis uh, to the Raptors as well. Uh, I think that's a good good move for the Pacers if they want to kind of make that um, out of that playoff play-in spot. They got to compete with the Heat. Uh, I think they've got some good 
young talent on this team um, with, you know, Miles Turner and Halliburton. Halliburton. Nice. Halliburton. Yeah. I mean, he, they're, they're, they've just been kind of rebuilding the right way. I think, um, I, I think that they've, they won against the, the Celtics fairly recently. Um, they for sure won against the Hawks. Um, hey, they're seven and three in their last 10 games. So, yeah, they, so they actually played the Celtics twice, two games in a row. Um, they lost the first game, but then won the second game, 133 to 131. Um, so I think this Pacers team, you look out for them to be the dark horse in, in the playoffs here. Um, but it kind of looks like where we are right now with, with the standings in the Eastern Conference is kind of stick there. I really don't see the Celtics falling too much. Um, I don't really see some jostling happening. Um, out in the West, the Timberwolves um, have kind of come out and surprised me, I mean, Anthony Edwards is 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 a really fantastic forward, um, but you know, want to want to see how far this this goes with them. Um, He's a Georgia guy, isn't he? Yeah, um, he the Timberwolves perennially have not had success um, with Carl Anthony Towns, and they finally got Anthony Edwards, and now they're kind of at the top of the league there. And the Thunder are right there with them, uh, and, and they've really rebuilt the right way. Shea Gregorius Alexander is a fantastic point guard. Um, Jalen Williams is a great forward. I mean, this team really put it back together. Um, and after all that KD and Russell um, uh, Westbrook stuff, um, yeah, they've, they've just been rebuilding the right way. The Nuggets, I mean, they're, they're still at it. Nikola Djokovic looks like he... Um, Hates his job consistently. I mean, I would love playing in the NBA, but he's like, he's a funny guy though. I, I kind of like the he's, humor. I I really like him a lot. Um, him and his brothers sitting on on the the court side, threatening to beat up anyone who tries to start stuff. I mean, you got three Serbian guys coming at you. I think you've got to second guess your decisions, really on on that one. Um, and you look all the way kind of at the bottom and the Lakers just an, another disappointing season here. They just beat um, the Mavericks though. They, they just did beat, beat the Mavericks. Mavericks last night. They beat them uh, 127 to 110. So, I mean, you know, I can't yeah, say I mean, it, it, to, to, for me, it's really what Lakers team is going to show up, right? Is LeBron going to be LeBron? Is he going to take over the game? Is Anthony Davis, really going to, you know, be that center that they need? Um, or is he going to be like wet paper and just fold? Um, D'Angelo Russell is a good point guard. Don't get me wrong, but, um, you know, you don't have like, if, if you if your main points are, is LeBron James, right. And Austin Reeves, they don't really have anybody else. If Anthony Davis isn't healthy. Um, and you can really tell, when this team is is on and when this team is off and it's it's really just a coin flip for them and that's that's why they're kind of sitting at number 10 in that last playing spot what about the uh, clippers Mavericks, though, what about the clippers re-signing Kawhi Leonard i i think that's just a good move for them um i'm i'm happy they're successful this season i don't know how that's going to translate in the playoffs 
really. Um, they've been perennial losers of the playoffs. That franchise has kind of gone through it, being in the shadow of the Lakers. Um, they're number four right now in in the West, uh, and I think they're they're and they're won eight of their last ten. Uh, that they're doing really well. Um, they've got a great home record at seventeen and four, but their away is is just more to be desired. They're five hundred. They're pretty much nine and ten. Um, they got to win more away games if they want to compete in the West against the Nuggets. Um, I, I although the Nuggets are third here, I really think that they're the favorites to come out of the West again. I think Nikola Djokovic is just too good right now. Uh, I think he's really just taking over the NBA. Um, what about your Mavericks, man? What's going on with uh, them? Hey, I mean, they're, they're six and four in the last 10. They they lost the other night to the Lakers. I, I think the future is bright for the Mavericks. It's just, I don't think this is the year. I just think, I think they're a couple years away. Um, you know, I, I think they're going to be a force eventually. Um, but just, I just don't think this is the year. I think the West is too loaded to begin with. Um, I mean, they could probably get in and maybe win a round or two. Um, but they're definitely, they're not winning. They're, they're not going to win it. I don't think they're a contender to win it this year, but I'm really excited for what holds. I, um, you know, I, I really like Luke. I think he's a really good player. Um, you know, and I think with the right pieces, I think you can win with him. Um, and I just hope Kyrie buys in to the Metroplex. If he buys in and he wants to stay in Dallas, I think with the right pieces around him, I think the Mavericks could could be a force. And I think you're gonna you're able to you probably could easily get free agents here with Luca and Irving. I don't know. I, I just think give it some time. I say give it a couple years. I am obviously I am paying attention. The Rockets are gonna be good. And I think the Spurs are going to be good in the future. So, like, you know, the Spurs are probably going to be good in, like, maybe three years-ish, maybe. And the Rockets could be good next year. So, I mean, the Mavericks got to get going before the before these other two teams just start dominating. Because once Houston and the Spurs get good, then you're not going to have a chance again. So, you got to kind of hit that in-between period. Um, and right now, the Thunder have done a fantastic job at that. And I just hope that... um. I hope the Mavericks can figure out something. Um, but I, I mean, I just, you know, I just think the Mavericks are one of those teams that are kind of stuck in the middle. You know, they're not terrible for the lottery. They're a playoff team, but they're not going to win it. You're just stuck, stuck in that no man's land in the middle, you know? And that's kind of what happens with the NBA. I feel like if you don't, if you're not at the very top and you're not a contender and you're not at the bottom, you're just as that gray period. I think that's where we are. And, you know, and also with you the know, whole, you, the Hugh Cuban thing. I guess he sold oh, the yeah. team, but he's still the face of the team. And now a gambling family owns it. All weird. And then I've heard rumors that they want to actually build a stadium in a casino. I've heard some strange things coming out of this. I don't know what's going to happen, but. um, Yeah, we'll, we'll mm -hmm. see. I mean, with your team and my team, right? We look back in that draft where. We drafted, um, well, Dallas drafted Trey Young first, I believe, right? Yep. Um, and then, and then, and then we traded Luca. I mean, we drafted Luca, and then we swapped. And I'm just wondering if it would have been better if we just left well enough alone. Um, you know, 
Trey Young was was coming out of Oklahoma. He plays for Dallas. That's not too far away. Um, and I think that Luca would have been a better fit now um, with Deontay Murray um, there. And then um, I think that they, they're, they'll mesh a lot better. Um, so you kind of wonder, like, who won that trade? I think that that's kind of like a draw there. Um, no one's kind of gone further than the other. Luca had puts up amazing numbers. Trey Young puts up amazing numbers. They're both great players in their own right, but you're wondering what what would have happened uh, if we just kind of stuck with our stuck with our guns there. I mean, early on it looked like Dallas won the trade, and then now it's kind of it's petered off, right? I think you're. I think it's a toss up, and yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, you know, I want to say too. I want to hope that Dallas will win one with Luca. I, I really want to hope. I really yeah. do. He definitely deserves it. It's he's he's fun to watch play. I mean, he's competitive. I remember watching him play against the Suns in that kind of rivalry with Devin Booker. Um, that kind of happened there. It was really just like fantastic basketball. Um, he really kind of takes over the game when it's close, and uh, it's it's really exciting to watch. Um, it's just kind of kind of had like Trey Young. He's just kind of puts up these double doubles every night. Um, with you know what I have to say though, I do. But the Mavericks, I do understand why the Celtics gave up on Grant Williams. I'm seeing it. Oh yeah, I I see why they did it. Um, Brad Stevens is is no pushover. He knows what he's doing. I have complete trust in him for, for the Boston Bruins. I mean, they they're they're in good hands for sure. In Boston Celtics, I mean, the Boston Celtics, yeah. Um, man, I just I gotta say, I think it's nauseating with the Celtics. Um, with them, I, they're probably you gotta say they're probably the favorite, right? And it's it's really nauseating. Um, I find. They just I find like so the Celtics good. fans. I find the Celtics fans and like the Patriots fans. I, I like I consider it like neck and neck. Like Red Sox and Bruins don't bother me. I'm pretty neutral with those two, but like the Celtics and the Patriots, man, th- those two teams are like I find nauseating. Um, I guess because they just win so much. Um, but man, just I would love for them to somehow choke again. I would get some. I'd get a good laugh out of that. I thought when they lost to Miami, I really thought that was funny. Um, I really wouldn't be surprised if they choked again. I mean, they're they're recently they dominate the regular season, right? They're been top three um, the last few years, and they just cannot transform it into winning the finals. Um, they go to the finals, they lose. They lose in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, they lose against Miami. I mean, they they need to um, either win this year, I think, to legitimize themselves, or they just need to figure out who's who who they need to get rid of to be honest with you because um you you think jason tatum is the guy but they keep on playing this halfway game of having jason tatum and then jalen brown um kind of be the playmakers there i think you gotta go with one dude um and i think that um you know they're everyone else kind of like fits in their roles pretty well there I got to I got to point out one thing though with the NBA standings that you have failed to mention, and uh, we've kind of had this little battle all episode. Um, Cavaliers are sitting in at, in fourth in the in the East, right? They are twenty four and fifteen. They're eight and two in their last ten games. 
But the Detroit Pistons are sitting all the way at the bottom in 15th, 4-37. Explain that in your battle between Michigan and Ohio. It's, explain that to me. And also, uh, when was the last time the Pistons have won an NBA Finals, and when did the Cavs win one? I think that might be one spot where Ohio has your number. I already told you that um, Ohio doesn't exist, so I'm not even going to um, acknowledge that. As far as the Pistons go, um, you know, it, they're just been totally underperforming all year. Um, they drafted Cade Cunningham last year. Um, this season he's put, he's averaging 20 points, um, a, a game with four rebounds and seven assists. I think he needs to put up the production a little bit more. Um, as far as, you know, being a point guard, you need to start throwing out those assists a little bit more. Um, but other than that, it's just like, you look at the rest of this team, um, and you're wondering, like, any anyone would help at this point, really. Um, it's it's been a rough go for the Pistons. It's put, really been put a rough me go out for a there. While. I'll win you a game. Um, I'll probably get ran, ran right off the court. To to be honest with you, um, I'd be no help for those Detroit Pistons. Um, yeah, I, I, I they've just been, been absolutely awful. I I was ten the last time they were in the finals, and you were nine. It was oh five. Yeah. And since the last time they were in the final, so they won in 04, they made it, they lost in 05. Since then, right? So since 05, the 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 uh the Cavs have been to the NBA finals five times. They won it only once, but they went five times. And they won in 07, 2015, 2016, 2017, and 2018. So, you know, and they and they won it in 2016. So the Cavs have definitely um Ohio's dominated that aspect. Um, but you get I, I I feel for I mean Detroit's hockey town, USA anyway, but you get a feel for the Pistons fan. It's been a rough go for them for a very long time. And my thing with the NBA is a lot of times is you get a player, he's really good, he hits the market, he goes to a city he wants to be in. Right? They they pick these cities, they build these super teams. And seriously, it's like the a lot of times they're going to Miami, they're going to L.A. These guys, they wedge their way out and, and then they don't want, you know, it's, you know. Yeah, yeah. it's just how the NBA really goes where. You know, I mean, Giannis is one uh, of the few that's like, I'm going to stay in Milwaukee. He's, he's, yeah. he's like, I'm going to stay in Milwaukee. And he did and he has. And they're sitting right behind Boston and talk about a team that I think can beat the Celtics. The 76ers sitting in third, I would not fear them. If I was the Boston, so I think the Boston has Philly's yeah. number there. They've had yeah. that consistently, um, but the Knicks are sitting at five. Oh, I love that. Oh, I love that. Oh, I, I would love to see the Knicks be the pressure. Imagine being a Knicks player; you have so much pressure. Oh my uh, god, all the time. Oh, and then you have yeah. you have Dolan as your owner, who I think is now facing a lawsuit. I think a sexual. Um, allegation, I think, popped up with him. I thought I saw um, something like that. Or it might have just been um, what happened with Dolan. I thought some kind of lawsuit happened in Tennessee. Let's see. I thought that popped up. 
Um, James Dolan and Harvey Weinstein, Harvey Weinstein, I thought Harvey Weinstein was in jail, accused of sexual assault in a newly filed lawsuit. That's per CNN. And it goes per ESPN. James Dolan, Harvey Weinstein, deny accusation of sexual assault. Isn't Harvey Weinstein in jail? Yeah. I thought he was like already in trouble. Yeah, oh. he already was put away. Um, yeah, and it looks like it just it just just a new suit that that brings out Harvey Weinstein, but also is it, James Dolan is new. So I mean, honestly, I'm not surprised. Kind of goes with the the story of just rich people being absolute scumbags, the the scourge of the earth, really. But- uh, but on a different note, though, the uh, back to basketball, the Knicks are seven and three in their last ten games, and the Knicks are clicking. They are, which, uh, yeah, I mean, Julius Randle is is a really good player there. Um, Jalen Burnson is doing really well as as well. Um, I mean, you just got to think that when when are they gonna just absolutely collapse and and lose in the playoffs? Um, just looking around. Watching Spike Lee just be absolutely befuddled um, when the Knicks lose is just something that I I love to see. Uh, it's it it's just fantastic. Uh, when Atlanta went in and uh, beat the Knicks and that whole thing with Trey Young where they screwed fuck Trey Young said screamed fuck Trey Young there, um, just like and then he silenced them. Fantastic basketball. Good, good playoff drama. Um, hopefully, they they don't run into Trey Young again because I, I think he'll remind them uh, where where they stand for sure. I gotta say, the talking heads love when the Knicks lose; they love it. And I just you got at some point you gotta feel bad because I mean they've had some really rough years, um, and they just oh, they yeah. haven't hit on it. Just. I feel for them. I mean, I don't I, I feel that the media is like really, really harsh on them and people really enjoy it. Like they get on there. It's like when the Cowboys lose and just you talking heads are so happy. They're so I know it's like it, it's like these teams live rent free in a lot of people's minds. And you're like, why? Though? Like, like the Knicks haven't won in forever. I mean, forever. And they haven't really been a threat. I, I don't understand so much hate, but they get a lot of. A lot of a lot of pushback and a lot of people love when they break down and you know it's probably coming. I mean it happens every year, so it's probably coming, but um and I, I don't think the Knicks will be able to beat I think it's like the Celtics and Bucks um to lose in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. And um Absolutely. But and then like you said in the West, I think you said I think the like I said I agree with you, the Nuggets and um you know, I, I wonder if the Suns are gonna get their act together. I mean, the Suns still yeah, have a you, decent... Yeah, you wonder that. Um, I mean, the whole... Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, they should be right up there with, with the Nuggets, but they're they're struggling. Um, I think they give it another go next year. I don't I don't know if they're going to... Um, if they're going to win the plan, if they but, stay where they're at. At least, at least, though, with Phoenix, though, it, it's a place to live, right? I mean... The, right. the Scottsdale area is kind of like it, it's it's a nice place to be, but that's what I'm saying. Like a lot of these teams, that if you're in a nice location in a nice city, that you know, a lot of times they get a second chance at like like the Clippers, for example. Like people want to be in LA, and you don't have the yeah. pressure playing for the Clippers you have with the Lakers. It's a great place to be, and that's why they get you know free agents. And then 
you know, the Suns will be the same. Um, you know, I'm kind of surprised that, you know, Cuban's smart with his money, right? So, like, he doesn't go that hard. But I'd be surprised that, like, if Dallas, you know, or Atlanta, I'm shocked they just don't, they don't build super teams there because it's good places to live. And a lot of them are kind of from the area. Like, Atlanta, like, you would think, I guess it, I understand Atlanta is not Miami, right? It's not, and that won't be, won't be the water, won't be. But Atlanta's still a nice city to be in. It's warm yeah. weather too. You would think, and like Dallas is another one. You think these ones would could build and get free agents because it's big cities. There's a lot of good restaurants, a lot of good nightclubs. You think they could get them, and for some reason, it's the same group every single time. It's you get the yep. L.A. teams, Miami. You know, Golden State for a while had a long good and had a nice run because they were winning. But when once they stop winning, people aren't going there either. So, you know, one of my one one of my favorite West Western Conference teams to watch is the Sacramento team, Sacramento Kings. Though, uh, De'Aaron you Fox is really, a fantastic point guard, and really I gotta like tell you, I love the haven't won in fifty years, huh? You really like I, the fifty I, year? I, well, I I think I like this team specifically because we got the ginger duo of Dematis Sabonis and Kevin Herter, just. Two redheads just going at it and playing some basketball. Love to see it. Love I mean, I love watching Scalabrini hoist up those threes in Boston. Uh and then he went and did it in Chicago. Um I just love love seeing gingers. Um just so everyone knows in, in our little logo here, the Southern Hostility logo with the 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 two cowboys here. The two angry cowboys. The one with the red hair is supposed to be Nick. He he does have he is a ginger. So just so you all know, the one with the red hair is supposed to be Nick, and then um the more brunette one with the darker covered colored mustache is supposed to be um you know, the, I think it's more brownish black um mustache is supposed to be me. Um I look a lot skinnier in this, I'm a little bit heavier than this little cartoon, but um that's supposed to be so if anyone's ever wondering with the logo. You know, if you haven't met us before, Nick is supposed to be the the one without the hat. <laughs> Put it. Yep. Put it that way. Yeah, but it's it's nice to watch them. Um they they win some exciting games for sure. Um I would see them being the dark horse in the in the Western Conference for sure. It's the at the end of the day though, it's the Kings, right? And right. it as much as I know you love the the 50 60 year droughts. I know you love them, but you know it's I don't know. Um they're sitting what? They're at that actually tied right now with the Mavericks. Um I would really like the Mavericks chances over them, but I know the Kings had a good year last year. I don't know, we'll see. I think yeah, we'll if there's any team that's out. down there is the Suns are going to get better, but yeah. So yeah, definitely. Anyway, it's it's I'm excited to see what happens as you get closer. I mean, I just I feel like with basketball, the season really doesn't start till the playoffs. And a lot of times it's like the top teams really that you kind of know it's gonna be you know, that's the thing. Like I think with the NBA playoffs, sometimes you have too many teams in it. I mean, yeah, very I think rarely do you get the I, lower I, I don't I don't like the playoff expansion. I really just liked having the eight teams, but this extra play in stuff really kind of ruined it for me. Uh, I mean, of, I, like, I wouldn't I mean, be opposed to have less. I, I hate the load management. I hate the guys don't really play. People don't really care to the playoffs. I hate that. I wish the regular season meant something. And I would put, if it was up to me, I'd do less teams in the playoffs and like make the regular season really, really matter. 
right? Like maybe have the top six make it make it less teams make the regular season. Like every single game just matters. Yeah. Like just I don't know. That feels like that'd be more fun, you know? Because like you got these people buying tickets, you go to games and then the guys don't play. It just I, yeah, I hate that about the end it. Of the I, season. I mean that that's what I love about like with hockey is yeah they've you know the playoffs you, you know but like these guys usually play every night you get the stars who come out like McDavid plays most of the season if he's not hurt but like in the NBA man they just they I don't know I just wish you had more of that and like you know I guess though the, the at the end of the day the postseason's your money maker right that's where you're gonna make money even if it's you know, a 10 seed, you know, getting in with the play-in or whatever, playing a one seed, it doesn't matter, right? Even even if it's, if it's a sweep, it's just it's still going to make money if the playoffs and you get corporate seats and people, and that's how you make money. So that's how they're going to do it. And I wonder eventually if you just get rid of the regular season altogether and just make it a playoff run, <laughs> you know? Just put every, everybody makes it. Every single team makes it. Let's just go. Let's just Cinderella. We'll do, you know? Um. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they did that. I mean, especially with this like end season tournament that they did this year that didn't mean anything. I mean, the Celtics like didn't even really play that well. Um, they got knocked out first round in that um in that in season tournament. And then it meant nothing really. It's like, congratulations, you won the in season tournament, now continue to play regular season games. Like it doesn't do anything. I, I, are the Lakers like... gonna get rings for that? I know they put up uh, a banner. Are they getting? They rings? put up a banner, but I don't think they're going to get rings for it. Uh, I think they just get a little bit of little trophy, little participation trophy, and season tournament champs. Uh, that, that's a shame. Them. That's a shame they're, because I think I think you, I want want LeBron to have a ring for that. That'd be fun. I, I want I want to see like rings. I want I want the internet to explode. And if it <laughs> and when the internet does explode, we'll be there on Twitter. Uh Southern hostility, so hostility. Follow us on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. Um, so when those rings do come up, we'll be there. We'll be there. Hopefully, one of the first ones to report on it. But we want those rings. Um, it's been a long episode. It's been a fun episode. I want to thank you for listening. Yeah. If you're still with us, like I said, follow us on X, so hostility. Uh, we're gonna be putting some live content. We're hoping. Um, we might do some um, in the downtime. We're getting once the NFL season ends, we might do some kind of like sports video games. We might post on the website just to kind of keep people interested. That might be coming. Like I said, post um, Super Bowl, we're going to have more Premier League coverage. Um, we're going to really get into hockey, really get into the NBA. Tonight was just a taste of it. We did some great there, uh, some great talk there. So like I said, follow us. Thank you for listening. And like I said, um, go Texas Texans. We're, we're worth you. We're riding. And um, everyone have a good weekend. Lions all the way, baby. Ohio's better.